Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with fight for better fallback Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. It's Saturday. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which means, folks, that it's officially time for mariah season but it's also time for grapsity it is saturday it is uh november 26th it's 2022 i'm will washington and i'm not alone here i'm also joined by miss philip Lindsay. uh yeah we've done this thing a few times i'll hop on this podcast and i'll give the condolences and everything this is happening quite a bit often so i'm going to try and switch this up and uh start with some great news and Happy 83rd birthday to Tina Turner. She's still with us. Celebration to a legend, an icon. Um, she's not up on Tina. Shame on you. Uh, my mom was a huge fan, so her music was always played in our household. Um, happy birthday to a legend. We'll get into the condolences later, of course. So. Oh, yeah. Rest, rest in peace to Hovane. Just saw that. <laughs> Just crazy news. If you don't know who Hovane is, uh, Hovane is a manager... Uh, she, he's on a business side, so you're not going to see him in videos or anything, but you hear his name thrown around a lot in, in a lot of circles just for what he did in New York for New York hip hop. And the amount of people that he's worked with, is just insane. Rest in peace, that brother. And Righteous Reg reporting on location from what appears to be, uh, horrible audio <laughs> detection. Uh, this is, uh, broadcasting from 56 K. Las Vegas, California. No, Las Vegas, Nevada, sorry. Righteous Ranger Boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. I don't know what's going to happen here today, you guys. I'm broadcasting from AirPods and a laptop. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to be on the move, you guys. It's holidays. You got to see your family, be outside and shit. That's what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I did. Um, Certainly. I mean, I'm not going to throw everybody under the bus, but I will say uh, a, a couple of things. Um, you got to spend Thanksgiving with your family. I hope you did. 
I hope everybody got to spend it with their loved ones, with their family. I will tell you though, you can make all of the upgrades, changes, positive moves in your life, but there's nothing like family who will remind you of some shit you did when you were a teenager <laughs> and continue to hold you to it uh, <laughs> at Thanksgiving dinner. Like, I don't know. I apologize for that shit 15 years ago, but we're still talking about it, I guess. <laughs> uh, your family always will do it. They'll always figure out a way. Um, yeah, I, funny enough, I did all of that talking about uh, how trash family style is, and <laughs> I, uh, me and my oh, dad no. went to, to my grandma's house, and of course, they had food family style, and I was sitting there. I like, love it. <laughs> I was sitting there the whole time like, of course. It, I feel like I jinxed it. Um, but yeah, of course, the second house I went to uh, did buffet style, but the first stop, I was like, would have family style. That's hilarious. Um, Grandma trying to get that pick. Hey man, look, it just, it's funny because I've been doing this for years. If if you are a, um, if you're a parent of a divorced household, you know what it is to do the separate grandmothers and all of that stuff every, every holiday. And so I've been either going to one of my grandmother's house every year. And so this year I was just sitting there looking like, why, why do you, you don't have to have all the food on the table, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It was like we hosted and I was giving a lot of thought to this. I'm like buffet style. We are doing buffet style. Like there's no way I want no pictures coming up that are like, hey, we heard you talking about Grapsity about family style. And all of a sudden I see in your pictures, you got food laid out on the table. So I'm like, no, buffet style. We were absolutely buffet styling this. And uh, we spent all day working on it. My wife made six pies. All amazing. Um Turned out that was a bit overkill because we got multiple leftover pies. Uh, was it all different pies? Because black people are just like, here's six pies, but they're all sweet potato pie. That's it. There's no difference. Like we, every time you open a different foil, you're like, oh, another sweet potato pie, another foil, another sweet potato pie. I'm like, where's the other pie, you guys? We only had two types of pie. <laughs> we made three of each. So it's so whatever. And the thing is, I'm not an apple pie person, so half them pies I didn't touch. Uh, but the, I don't know if I've so, ever gone to anybody's house on Thanksgiving and they had apple pie for Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's just, I don't know. My, my kids like it. So we do it. I would um, like to. But... Uh, that's not me knocking apple pie. I just thought about it in mm -hmm. my head. Cause I feel like there's the big debate of either pumpkin or sweet potato pie every right. year that I feel like right. that's the centerpiece for most people's pies. I don't know. Mm -hmm. The the hard thing was uh, I am going to throw my brother under the bus a little bit that we spent like a month planning Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And we we were like, OK, we're planning this much food for this many people. You know, bring your dishes, bring everything. You know, my parents are coming. My wife's parents, my wife's mom lives with us. Uh, so that was that hard. But my wife's brother came like we were planning this whole thing. And my brother flew out here. And so I told him the day before. All right. Uh, three o'clock. We'll have appetizers ready. Uh, and then five o'clock we'll eat dinner and everybody told me, yeah, okay, it's cool. It's cool. So something told me I need to just text some people around two o'clock. So I started texting around two and first my mom was like, oh, I'm running behind. We'll probably be there around four. Like, okay. That's what I thought. Nobody, uh, come on, Nobody's ever coming on time. And yeah. then, uh, my brother 
he texted me back. I was like, hey, we'll see you at three. And he goes, oh, man, so uh, check this out. My, my homegirl came through, and uh, we ain't seen her in a minute. Because, uh, you know, my brother moved away six years ago. So he was like, so I'm a, uh, we'll probably be over there a little bit later, like closer to seven. And I'm like, what? Oh, he said, just forget about Thanksgiving, bro. I'll pull up tonight. <laughs> so, respect, respect. Yeah, so I was just, so we looked at each other, my wife and I, like, okay. So, so much for like, three. so three o'clock rolled around and we're sure enough just sitting around snacking on deviled eggs and shit because the appetizers we had planned for guests, nobody showed at three. Finally around four-ish. Now, my mom showed up 4.15, so she said four, so that's about right for my mom. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look, if anybody who knows me knows that, uh, you know, people joke, there's always the chat room, always has a thing at the top of the show. Uh, but I'm sorry, I just got a text along those same exact lines. Uh, but <laughs> from my... From the same brother, because we're supposed to watch Survivor Series together tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You like, you know, the homegirl. She said she's trying to watch a different show. She's not trying to watch Survivor Series tonight. I feel it. So, uh, you said he'll be through, but it might be a little bit into the show. Okay. Uh, A show that's five hours from now. He's trying to get his shit off, and he's back home for a little bit, man. Let, let my man live. Let I know. Like I said, I just got the text literally just seconds ago. But anyway, so uh, like I said, there's always a joke in the chat about when this show is going to start. Just so people know, that is a habit I get from my mom. Um, mm-hmm. That my mom never had time for anything. Uh, and if you say something to her about it, she'll get, she's like totally not aware of this at all. But if you say something to her about it, she'd be like, what? what? I, I'm here. I'm like, ma, but like, like I used to, for my graduation, college graduation i told her intentionally the wrong time just because i knew what was going to happen um <laughs> tricking your mom yeah, no i told her half an hour beforehand and she still showed up 15 minutes before which means she was going to be 15 minutes late like i just remember times in like elementary school high school when i had an event going on and my parents were the ones like slipping in like i'm just so sorry we like can we just get by here we just gotta get to the seat. and i'm like watching them from the stage like come on you guys that's my parents right so like that's mm-hmm. where that comes from in me uh and so sure enough that's that's always gonna be my mom love my mom but i was late to school every single day because drop off was never correct never on time i have a big a, a big pet peeve about that but either way thanksgiving hope everybody had a great thanksgiving uh it was just an excellent week. And hey, with this being Grab City, don't forget that you can catch us. Uh, we do the show live. So don't forget if you're watching this on a podcast later on, um, let's say you've downloaded it, you're listening to it on your own time. You want to catch us live. We're live every single Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, youtube.com slash Fightful. And also we read your chat messages. Uh, send us your super chat, send us your humper chats. Um, I'm going to make sure to get to one specific humper chat from last week that running gag i forgot or missed uh so i'm gonna read that one first uh but we've got your super chats we've got your humper chats head on over to humperchats.com and we'll read your humper chats uh let's see let's get into i want to make sure i pull this one up 
because I started to pull it up during Day After Dynamite, and I'm like, nope, this was for Grapsity. So let's make sure we get it uh, during Grapsity. This one is from uh, Nicole. Um, and she said, uh, let's see. Uh, it was regarding Soraya and her PTO submission with talk being on uh, the Rampage finisher um, and hoping that Ronnie Radke could sing her out to the pay-per-view. So either way, um, Nicole, if you want to send that uh, back in full because she only said what they were about, not necessarily uh, what they w- were, uh, please send those back to me, Nicole, and I'll make sure I get to those. That, yeah, that end part uh, has me a little worried. Uh, where are you going I don't that? think... I don't think uh, her boyfriend's going to be doing any performances. Yeah. I mean, granted, his, his song is played on the show every week. Yeah, it is. Huh? So maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, look. Okay. Before we get into the, the wrestling topics, um, and really quick, let's get a couple of these Super Chats out. Uh, because we got quite a few. We've got Tina Key says, have to miss War Games tonight, but we'll see a couple of past Grapsity guests at Defy Wrestling tonight. That nice. is very, very true. Lucky, uh, lucky, lucky. Uh, one's tied to, to the one below. One's tied to me. Uh, so uh, sending love and hugs. Be good to each other. Uh, you know what? Enjoy Defy tonight because... Uh, Homies are out in full force at Defy. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. Great lineup. A lot of very talented wrestlers on there. And Defy has been doing some amazing things, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Smiley says, Morning, boys. Checking in from the beauty shop. Getting my braids done. Hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. Will, tell your brother I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy, you're the best. I love you. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Uh, Jake Salazar says, Phil, last week I didn't get a chance to mention, but that last episode of Atlanta, my mind went to the depressing side of interpreting that ending. Um, Very good episode. I can't get into it without spoiling it for people on the show that will not watch it. Um, <laughs> but there are, <laughs> there are great things in there that if you've watched the entire series, there are some great, there are great callbacks. There's this, there's this little bit at the end that is genius that I'll go into detail someday, but genius. I, I thought I thought this whole series, this whole season was very good. It's a it's a meta commentary for the entire season on how to create representation for Black people and how tricky it is. I don't know if people caught that. Sorry, That's read this next super chat. It said it's Reg doing a bit. You got caught biffing up. Yo, it it does sound like um if you've been watching the BMF documentary, when he comes in talking, it does sound like all of the Meech phone calls that they've been inter- interlaying in. <laughs> Yo, hold me down, big dog. Put some money on my book. You know, you know, uh, represent for my kids while y'all out there. You know, hold hold me down, hold me down. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a bid, bro, and they let me broadcast my podcast while I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got. Uh, another from Delo. He said, "Thoughts on banana pu- banana pudding? Personally, I think it's goat tier, top tier dessert, buddy. Top tier black dessert. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm trying to think. Banana pudding on its own, or like with something? 
We never really had it growing up as part of our Thanksgiving. That's why I don't, I mean, I like it a lot, but it's not like something, like we didn't have it this year. Like it's not something I even look forward to for Thanksgiving at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the things I was specifically looking forward to, uh, I got because mm-hmm. guys, again, weight loss man here, right? I'm up three pounds since Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking holiday, man. Hey, but look, net positive, right? When you've lost 30, then three don't make as big of a difference. But uh, And you're but not nah. going to eat a Thanksgiving dinner again until next Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, Christmas is coming up. and Oh, uh, shit. It's usually about the same. Right. But, uh, no, nah, I got to have everything I wanted. I, I was looking forward to some quality mac and cheese. And mm-hmm. I think this was the best year that uh, our mac and cheese turned out. Uh, it was just solid, solidly yeah. great. There, there's sometimes that one side that ain't hitting. If it ain't hitting, it does feel like it's like, damn, I <laughs> fucked up the whole whole vibe of the entire plate, man. Like, damn. like one one bad spoonful of greens on the plate is like, damn, uh, man, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, and that's the thing is like the mac and cheese. The last couple of years, we tried like various different things because our whole thing is like we cook it in a crock pot and then um bake it after the fact so it always it, it turns out like creamy with the crusted cheese on top very good but uh this year better than any other year we've ever done it and sweet potatoes also best year we've we've done it everything turned out just excellent this year uh to the point of where again Turkey is like my least favorite part of Thanksgiving. It's just a necessity. But uh, Turkey is not the main event. At, at Thanksgiving, <laughs> the sides are the main event. Man. Yes, yeah. absolutely. The turkey is like, you know, it's here. I'm going to eat it. As long as I get my my leg, we're good. But yeah. Side, Sides are the main event every Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see what else we got. Van Twinblade says, first, thank you, America, for giving me a parade for my birthday. Uh, second, Glory Pro is December 13th. Announced so far, Davey Richards versus Nick Aldis, Ali Catch mm. versus Trisha Dora, and Cody Lane versus Camaro Jackson. Nick Aldis is in out there at Glory Pro, huh? That's super interesting. Nick Aldis is out here, man. <laughs> uh, Jake says, yeah, Phil, between that Goofy and Kirkwood chocolate episode, it was... The Kirkwood chocolate episode is among some of my favorite stuff that Donald Glover has done on television. Infinite, infinitely funny. Um, there's just one part in particular that is just hilarious. Again, I don't want to say what it is without spoiling it, but great stuff. Yeah, and I honestly, I'm three episodes into season four right now. So taking it slowly because I'm watching like three or four shows at once right now. And so it's not like a binge thing. It is a watch this and then watch this and watch this and watch this. So I watch, I use my binge watching time for Young Rock. I've watched like 30 episodes of Young Rock in the last three days. And what? Why would you pick I'm trying that? to get this interview, Phil. Phil, interview. He don't know if you're watching it. <laughs> he don't know, know if you're watching that show. The, an- the analytics are sent to his email. <laughs> rock does not know, man. He does if not I tweet him about it, man, help a brother out, Phil. Come on, you're supposed to be on my side. All right, so um, the thing I, I did want to address and want to talk about, because, again, we're talking about condolences, things along those lines. Man, all right, so I don't know where you were, Phil, but I know I had just walked out of the Full Gear Media Scrum. Uh, shout out to that, because that was uh, a time. And 
Uh, I had a lot of tweets at me over um, my question for Max Caster, which was Oh, simply, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was simply, sup? Uh, no, it but... was what's up. It wasn't what's up. It was what's up. I like that energy <laughs> that you brought, Will. I was very proud. I was watching on the computer, like, let's go, baby. What's up, baby? What's up? I was high. No, I was, I was, I was high. listen, I was waiting for Max to stand behind the bars. Like, what's I'm going on? If he did not stand behind the bars, bro, he did not. Nope. I, I was. And you know what's funny? Uh, and shout out to Gabby Laspiza because she gave me the idea to to read the full lyric. I was literally just going to be like, what's up? Um, mm-hmm. And I told you guys that, but uh, she was like, no, you need to read the lyric in a very like straight-faced way first, and then. Uh, and so I was like, all right, all right, Gabby's right. Uh, so like I said, shout out Gabby Laspiza. W- women her. are usually right. I, I don't know if I've said that <laughs> enough on this podcast, but more often than not, women are right. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I get a text from Eric Brady on my phone. Those who why, or listened to RBR back in the day um, might know that Eric has a way of breaking tragic news to people. Um, and I won't get into how he broke this one, but uh, it was one of those. I, I'm literally walking out of the scrum. I get Eric's text, text and... I look at it and I go, he usually does it in like riddle form when he goes to break tragic news, but I've known him long enough to know that when he sent this to me and it had JDF's name in it, I was like, oh no. And Denise is looking at me like, uh, Will, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know yet. Um, and because again, Eric sent this to me in riddle form. So of course I'm like going through Twitter and all I'm seeing is the rumor. But the thing about the rumor is uh, I have a mental policy, which is the longer a rumor persists, the more likely it's true. And the reason I say that is because it would have taken three seconds to tweet out, hey, look, that rumor's false. I'm not dead, right? So, like, when a death rumor comes out and the longer it goes without anybody denying it, like, ah, shit, it's true, right? And so uh, it had maybe been just a couple of hours that the rumor had hit. And yeah. JDF is real active online, too. So Yeah, he's, he was way too active online for that to even be up two hours, right? Because he would have made a great joke out of it. And he would have got a funny video out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But nah, when too much time was passing, I, I was, yeah, I remember I was standing with Denise Salcedo and John Alba, and they both kind of look over, and I'm like, uh, so I think Jason David Frank died and, uh, yeah, it was just a lot that hit me like a ton of bricks guys. I've talked about power Rangers on this show a lot. Philip Lindsay has talked about power Rangers on this show a lot. Power Rangers. There's not a whole lot that's meant more to our upbringing than power Rangers. Look at Philip Lindsay's shirt at the moment. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. The guy, man. It's the guy. Yeah. So the, the, right. Probably the best Ranger of all time. Hold up, hold right. up. You ready for it? Again, I've talked about being a Power Rangers fan, a Power Rangers collector. The reason I became a Power Rangers fan was the Green with Evil saga. I didn't watch Power Rangers prior to that. I actually thought it was a little corny the first time I saw it. And then I saw that Green Ranger saga. I saw the commercials for it, and I was like, I'll check this out. I was like six years old. And then um, 
this this badass dude who was hanging with Jason, the the leader. That was for me. And granted, green was also my favorite color at the time too. So I think that was where the show finally just it got my attention and it appeared. It all hit. It all hit. Guys, I am a collector. All right. There's probably no more things in my collection than the stuff that all relates to Tommy. Hold on. Not the whole flute out. Come on, man. (laughs) There we go. We got the Dragon Dagger, which summons the Dragon Zord. But then later on, he became the White Ranger. Or is that the best way to do that? Which brought us the Falcon Zord. Come on, man. Skip the Tiger Zord. Yeah, I don't have a Tiger Zord, actually. That's the only one I don't have. This is actually my original Falcon Zord. Some of these I purchased, like, as an adult. This Falcon Zord right here actually is the one I got in 95 when the movie came out. This is my original. Uh, So that's that's the original I've got. Um, We got Power Morpher. Like, although this is dope. I love Power Morpher. But anyway, um, (laughs) Tommy was the guy. Like, he was the reason that a lot of kids because it's kind of like you know power rangers had the teamwork aspect right but of course it's a team of five and while that team of five was effective when the sixth man came in that he was the difference maker every time you know those um that initial tommy run right were like he was never around for whatever battle they were in. There was always something that distracted Tommy. He was always doing something else. Uh, and then they'd be like, guys, we need Tommy. Where is Tommy? And then Tommy would be like, uh, you know, he'd get to his locker and then all of a sudden get to his communicator. And then he'd jump in and even the odds for whatever battle was going on. And that that was the appeal of Power Rangers to me at that point. That was how I got into it was Tommy, right? And like, he was the reason I wanted to take martial arts classes. Uh, and then he took over as leader, as the White Ranger. But he made a difference in a lot of kids' lives. Like, we wanted to be Tommy. Yeah. And it's tough. I, I think that in a lot of ways, he was the best Ranger of all time. I think, um, I, talk, I talked about how I related to Billy on some episodes, but Tommy was the cool kid, man. He was the one that came mm-hmm. in that really drove home the fact that um, the appeal of the Power Rangers was that these were people from completely different walks of life that managed to get along as teenagers. And if you were growing up at the time and you went to any school, you knew which you knew which lane you fit in. And there was not many places where everybody from those different walks of life got along. And uh, Tommy represented this story of you know, somebody might come in and you might have a bad, you know, first impression of them, but everybody is redeemable. And I think that is the the greatest thing that he taught us as kids is that no matter what you've done, you can always be redeemed. And man, just the fact that he came in and his suit was the cooler than everybody else's. He had the armor. He had the gold morpher. Like he, he had his own theme song. Like he, he did. was like he was the coolest guy out, out of out of the six of them, and every season he he was on, he was the coolest guy. Even when he became a White Ranger, he just seemed like he was cooler than everybody else. Um, right. I mean, I mean, I mean, just the the whole story of him, like I said, redeeming himself and struggling to keep his power, struggling to stay 
a ranger and then becoming a leader and becoming one of the greatest rangers of all time is just, I think, the greatest thing that American Power Rangers gave us. I mean, I can get into, you know, Super Sentai and how Burai is a different character and how I like, yeah. I, I, I like that, that uh, character arc for different reasons. But again, it's just the fact that Tommy started as a bad guy and he was the guy that kept coming back. He was in more seasons probably than any other original Ranger. Um, man. And he so, was the only one who, he kept the lineage alive, right? Because like when yeah. you consider from Mighty Morphin to Turbo, um, he was the only one. Uh, by the time Turbo hit, that was still around. Uh, he he kept the original lineage alive, and then you consider he wasn't even an original ranger. He was. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was the only one that that kept coming back. For those who don't know, his popularity is also what kept Power Rangers going. Power Rangers is. was supposed to end at Doomsday. That was the if you go watch the Doomsday episode, that was supposed to be the series finale, and uh, they were gonna be done. That episode even plays out like a series finale when you yeah, watch it. And, you know, they had written Tommy out. Uh, of course, they didn't give him the, the Burai death, but they still um, they still wrote him out. And then the show proved so popular that they went and commissioned a whole new set of Japanese footage that was exclusive to uh, the Mighty Morphin series. And commissioned a whole set of Green Ranger footage for it solely because of the fact that, one, kids were demanding Tommy back in the show and kids weren't ready for the show to be over. It was supposed to end at, like, episode 40. And yeah. that season ended up going... That season went 60-something episodes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <It> <laughs> season going. one of Power Rangers is 60 episodes. Uh, but, yeah. but again, people don't understand. Back in the day, that show came on every day. Like, right. we... Today, it's a weekly show. 60 weeks is insane for a single season. But uh, you would never do that again. But back yeah. then... That's it was more a... than a year worth of shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> man, he... In a lot of ways, he transcended the show. I feel like his popularity not just kept the show going. He almost got his own spinoff in VR Troopers. That's the only reason that VR Troopers was a thing, because it was supposed to be his show. Yeah, um, it was going to be... What was it called? Cybertron? Um yeah. Yeah, and the song was the Go Green Ranger song. That song was originally written as the theme song to Cybertron, uh, yeah. which was going to star Jason David Frank. They were going to give him his own show. Yeah, and I mean, I, all of the White Ranger stuff is essentially just a testament to how popular he was. They went and got a suit from a completely different season of Super Sentai just to keep him around um, because yep. he was that popular. Uh, and so, Die man, Ranger. I, yeah, he was... Uh, He's an icon, man. I, I could safely say he was an icon. Just what he meant to so many kids. When you look at what he meant to celebrities and um, when you hear stories from conventions of how other celebrities would go there and they would see him and they would be like fanning over him because they grew up on him. I mean, just look at Xavier Woods talk about him and look at how... I was, I was about to say, The New Day. It, yeah. Both wore White Ranger and Green Ranger costumes. Like that was... Yeah, man. He was... He was Leo Rush too. Yeah. yeah. Uh man, Sean Sean Dean, a lot of guys, I mean mm -hmm. Ronda Rousey, a lot of people that have, have done White Ranger, Green Ranger cosplay gear. Um just because he meant that much to people, man. Um and that's why like even I could just sit here and be like, man, I feel like he was a childhood hero, but I feel like as a as an adult and just watching what he did for the convention scene and how he made it cool for Power Rangers to do conventions. I don't know if people realize that, but um 
I think Steve Cardenas, who's who's Rocky, was yeah. talking about how he wasn't into doing conventions. He didn't really see that as a way to make money because he was just still doing martial arts schools. But Tommy was the one that got him to start coming, and he was the one that made the connections for him to do other things. And more and more Rangers started to do that and create an environment for, you know, older fans to come and meet these guys at conventions because he had already started doing it. And when you saw him at conventions, he was always super upbeat. He was always like standing on his table and like yelling and trying to get people hyped. Um, I don't know if anybody else in the Power Rangers community did more to make fans feel like they were still special. And by that, I mean like, he never made you feel embarrassed to still be a fan. He was just like, no, you know, I had a whole livelihood because of you guys. I love you guys. I'm embracing you guys. And so it always felt that way. It shows. And so, man, it's just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, not just uh, because of, again, what he meant to people, but just, I don't know, if you ever suffered from any kind of depression in your life and to just think about, like, man, my childhood hero succumbed to depression it's a really sad thing to think about um and i think about that sometimes in lincoln park and how much somebody like chester meant to people who suffered through depression and for him to uh end his life the way it did it's just really depressing man it's really sad right and so man i don't i don't want to jump into that i don't want to focus on that but guy meant a lot to a lot of people man and Man, I just appreciate all the memories, just not just from the show, but seeing this guy out sometime and just seeing how how much he cared about the fans. That brother, if anything else, I laugh all the time because um when he came to conventions, he wanted to look good. He had the leather jacket. It's just like he kept about of um he kept wanting to be the cool guy outside of the show. He kept the image of wanting to be inspirational and wanting to be cool on the show. You could just tell he cared so much about the show and what it meant to people, man. This is crazy, man. Uh, Grapsity is a Power Rangers podcast at this point. Like almost every <laughs> single episode, we talked about Power Rangers on Ask Grapsity. People are like, what's your favorite Power Rangers? Like that connection to this podcast is so deep. And for me, we talked about it on this podcast before that week when Green Ranger was coming, terrorizing. The whole school was talking about it. You go to school and all the little boys are gathered around the monkey bars talking about, did you see what happened? And we can't wait to get out of school to go see what happened again. The connection yeah. that growing up in the 90s and being a kid and martial arts or everything and then Power Rangers hits, it's like we were consumed by this. Everybody, all of us. We love the video games. We love the movies. Like, we, like everything was connected. And the coolest person there, the reason that it was hot to me was because of Jason David Frank. Tommy, the Power Ranger, was like, there was nobody cooler to me. Like, it was like, I mean, it's, I always kind of thought, I guess because they had both had brown hair, that he was like a Bret Hart thing. I was obsessed with Bret Hart at the time. So anybody <laughs> that. that anybody that kind of looked like that was like, that was like my, my dude. So he kind of like had, they were like kind of in the same pool, the same thing. So I connected with him super early, and I always thought he was a bad motherfucker, man, and it's pretty depressing that like Phil saying that it was coming to this when I heard the news I'm like my gosh first thing I think is Will and Phil like yo they love power like our, yeah. you know Power Rangers is everything man and it was like yeah. damn man it's, it's, it's so unfortunate I don't know if I answered your question either, like this. because I 
I pretty much watched re- I watched wrestling almost 24 hours that day because I got up that morning before our podcast and I watched the Impact show and I watched a bunch of other stuff. And then afterwards, of course, I watched uh, Full Gear and then I stayed up to watch uh, the New Japan Stardom show. And so the whole time I was watching that, I kept seeing all this JDF stuff and I was like, all right, nobody's confirming this. So maybe it's not real. I'm just hanging in there. And so after everything is over and I'm like in full celebration mode for Kyrie winning the title and on a high from good wrestling, I saw this and I was like, ah, it just was a complete bummer to, it just was a downer for the entire rest of the day. Yeah. Nah, I, um, and you know, it was hard having to, to tell my son and because he could see I was down and he wanted to know what I was down about. And my son, big Power Rangers fan, he he, he and I, because I introduced him to Power Rangers because he's seen all my toys and he's like, this is the coolest thing. What is all of this? And so mm-hmm. I introduced him to Power Rangers at a young age, um, probably around like four or five. And uh, actually, I've got a video of him seeing Power Rangers the movie for the first time. And it's still one of my favorite videos. I go back and watch it when I'm down because uh, the way it was appealing to him. You could see his face lighting up. I might post it to my Twitter one day, but the, his face lighting up for the first time seeing Power Rangers, just seeing all this action, and he's just like, yeah, and get really into it and excited. And he was like two at the time. But he and I, we've gone through, we watched every episode of Mighty Morphin together. We watched Zeo, we watched Turbo, we watched In Space, we watched Lost Galaxy, we watched um, Lightspeed Rescue, and then Time Force. And I think we stopped, no, because we saw Ninja Storm as well. Damn. Um, the only one we didn't watch was Wild Force together, but we he's seen Forever Red. Um, but classic, classic episode, by the classic way. Classic episode, yeah. Uh, which Tommy makes, right? Uh, one and, of the best episodes ever. Yeah, and we watched Ninja Storm, we watched Dino Thunder. Like he and I have gone through, we've watched all these series together, and now he watches them off on his own because now he's really into. Uh, he loved Beast Morphers, he loved uh, Dino Charge, and uh, what's the current one? Um, Dino Fury. Uh, and he's like really looking forward to Cosmic Fury, but he's like so into it now that he was already aware of like everything that's coming up in the next season. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Beast Morphers episode where Tommy came back and uh, he had to fight with the um, his Dino Fury self or Dino Thunder self um, and uh, the White Ranger. Like they did all of it. They did a, a big Tommy episode for him. Um, was that Beast Morphers or was that? No, it was before Beast Morphers, actually. What episode? What series was that? The Tommy came back because Jason came back for Beast Morphers. I don't um, remember. I think it was. Was it? Was it? Was that Dino Charge? Was it? Was it Ninja Steel? Or was that Ninja Steel? You're right. Um, yeah. Sorry, I totally forgot that there was one in between. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're right. Though it was Ninja Steel. You were absolutely okay. Correct. Super Ninja Steel. Um, but either way, we watched that. That was another one that my son was really into. He watches all the current stuff. So either way, he was aware, like, upcoming 30th anniversary season, we're going to see the returns of all these Rangers. And he was talking about, um, you know, Tommy's going to be back for this one. I just know it. And that was a thing my son had been talking about for uh, for months uh, because he saw um, on social media, he, saw, he, he told me, he was like, did you see that Zach is going to be back, that Billy's going to be back for this next season? And that they're going to do like a Trini daughter um, to to explain, you know, her absence. And he's like, and I just know Tommy will be there. And I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. And so uh, he just like broke down too because he, uh, I didn't have the heart to tell him how, but he asked the later that night because he was really upset. 
and because uh, he's like, I know he wasn't sick, and I don't think somebody killed him, but how did Jason David Frank die? So I had to have that conversation with my son. Very difficult. Um, very tough. We all, well, both of us, very much. Like, I didn't cry about it until I had to tell my son, and that was like, shit. That was, that was a moment. Um, but yeah, that is... Yeah. Jason uh, David Frank. We had to make sure we had a topic in here for him because he meant a lot to all of us. And uh, again, like Power Rangers to me is a lot of what I liked about Power Rangers is a lot of what I like about pro wrestling. So it, it appealed in a lot of the same ways around that same time. It, you know, right. it's funny, Reg brought up Bret Hart because... Again, that same time period, Power Rangers came around 93. 93 was, of course, the Bret Hart's kind of breakout year as a performer. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can absolutely see exactly what Reg is saying. He, uh, he does have a lot of similarities to Bret when you think about it. Because he's, <laughs> he, to me, out of all of them, he was the guy I knew even as a kid. Like, nah, this guy can really fight. Like, when you look exactly. at like some of his combos he was doing, I was like, nah, this dude, this dude it's is really fight. a martial artist, bro. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. the, his his signature kick he used to do that like spin kick he used to do it always looked crisp that high kick he did like nah man that ain't nobody that's just acting man this is a real fighter right. mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean we could get into how like in some of his other shenanigans and how uh he wanted to pick a fight with cm punk for a while and yeah. he really wanted to make that mma fight happen the incident with uh van damme he was a complicated guy man but a amazing amazing uh entertainer man just a yeah. constant i does that's i think that's what you could say for him a constant i think that's what made this so sad too is that he was one of the only ones that was always visible and so to see him just be gone it's like damn yep young boy says the green ranger wanted all the smoke all uh, of it we got uh uh what is it the tila the tila yeah let me know if i'm pronouncing that right uh, she says, um, there's a giant Power Rangers convention called Power Morphicon. JD was there this past August, so the news came as a huge surprise to me. I've been to Power Morphicon. Um, that's how big of a fan I am. I'm pretty sure I have my badge somewhere here. Uh, it's nearby. I... Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the clips. I've seen like him uh, meeting the guy that played Burei for the first time and um, him <laughs> telling that joke of, we shared spandex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's... Um... Uh, the, I don't know. He he wasn't at the one I went to actually, because uh, I went in 2014. Yeah, that was the year I went. Was 2014, and they're actually cracking some jokes on him uh, because uh, Jason. Uh, so uh, Austin St. John and the guy who played uh, Goldar were uh, they were kind of going at it, and then um, Austin St. John turned and went, "Hey, Jason's the only person to defeat Goldar uh, one on one." Tommy never did. <laughs> that's a that's a lie though. That's no, a straight cap. No, no, what did he say? He said J no. He said Jason defeated Goldar unmorphed. That's what it was. And uh, that's a, that's also a lie. Because Tommy did it when he got when he got the uh, it was the last Green Ranger episode, right? Yeah. He also um there was that clip going around this week from the episode where he pieced him up um in, in plain clothes too and shot him with yeah. that uh. <laughs> With the gun. No, no, Godar's capping. He actually, he absolutely lost. Like one of the things <laughs> I always remembered as a kid was was Tommy beating Zed in a one on one fight, and I was like, nobody's beat Zed in a one on one fight. Yeah, uh, I, I I will say Power Morphicon was a lot of fun because I got to meet um, Blake Foster, the kid who played Justin, 
And he was like, I talked to him for a while, and he was like, look, I know people hate the character of Justin. I get it. Nobody <laughs> wanted to see a little kid be a Power Ranger. And he said, but I was living every kid's dream at that time. Right. I was watching Power Rangers, and uh, it was my favorite show. And there was an audition. They wanted a little kid. And my mom took me, and I got it. And he's like, I get why people hated it. I would have hated me. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I would have hated me. It's hilarious. He's like, yeah, that's what he said to me. He was like, oh, I would have hated me because – I wouldn't want to see no little kid be a Power Ranger, but imagine me, a 10-year-old kid, getting yeah. to be a Power Ranger. Who wouldn't jump at that? I absolutely right. jumped at that, and I took it, and uh, he was like, it was one of the best times of my life. So, Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it yeah. just didn't help that Turbo is not a great season in retrospect. Oh, yeah. Terrible season. Um, but I, I, I didn't really hate on him for taking a role, of course. I, anybody <laughs> would have taken it. Yeah, so... It was cool talking to him. Uh, that, that was a, just a great time. I, um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't put this out there. But the other great thing about, about Tommy as a character is that when he hung it up, he gave the mantle to a black man. He did, TJ. Go, and, baby. And, the, and the whole be- the best part about that whole thing was uh, the story as it was told in the show was that they all handpicked their guys. And we hadn't had a black man in the show since Zach at that point. So it was nice to see, uh, and Zach had been, this was season five, right? So Zach hadn't been seen since season two. So we hadn't seen a a black male Power Ranger in three seasons. And Tommy's hand pick was like, no, TJ, I pick you. You're the leader now. Yeah, not not just, I mean, everything that means that the, the, who was considered the greatest Ranger of all time at that time, picking a black guy to take his spot, but then also picking him to be leader. Uh, that was the first time we had seen a black character's leader on the show. Um, yep. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, let's see. So, and, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, he was just a power morphicon this uh, past August. Yeah, that's a true thing, but also he had bookings this weekend uh, mm-hmm. that he was advertising that literally the last video on his Twitter is him talking about come see me November 25th, 26th, and 27th at uh, Man, this place. Awesome. Yeah, so that's that's a hard one. Tim Gordon um, says, uh, actually, let me get off the Tommy topic real quick, and then I'll get back to you, Tim Gordon. He says, uh, Chris Alston says, rest, rest in power, JDF. I hope we are able to see the White Dragon fan film next year at least. Yeah, uh, I watched the trailer for that, and... We'll see if that ever comes to comes to fruition. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean. think they finished it. So this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but. The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. At least filming. He gave us a lot. I mean, I, I, I never thought at the time when they were doing the Lord Dracone stuff in the comics that we were going to get like that short film we got as him as Dracone, which was dope. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of great things in character for Power Ranger fans. All right. Let's get into some pro wrestling, though, uh, because there's a lot. And being that there's a lot, let's turn to the Humper Chats, where we will read... Uh, and it'll get us into some wrestling topics because Jason R says uh, was wrong about Jade and Bawa at full gear, but Angle is still going. Um, and uh, he says, "What do you think the end game is at this point?" Thankful for Grapsity, in my opinion, the most entertaining and relevant wrestling podcast out there. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Appreciate that. I like that. I like that word, relevant. I like that. So, <laughs> so, so. I don't know where it's going. I told you guys it was work. Uh, it's been a work for a minute. Uh, and Anybody who believed, all the people that were in my comments like, is this a work? A shoot, shoot? Like, you guys, come on. Did you think Jade Cargill's going to run up to Bow Wow show and try to fight him and then he's going <laughs> to fight her back? It's wrestling, you guys. It's wrestling. But I bet all the Twitter stuff. The Twitter stuff's been a work for a minute. Like, they, yeah. um, they have been working together for a little bit. Uh, ah, we lost Phil. But, I thought I'd be the one to drop out. It's crazy out here. <laughs> there he goes. I think maybe. Uh, so we we've got the footage from uh, the Millennium Tour this week that saw Jade confronting Bow Wow. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I liked all of that. I I thought I actually didn't like the cut from Dynamite. I think they cut it too short. But when you watch the whole thing on their social media. Jade brings it, right? Like, Jade is yeah. like, uh, you know, Bow Wow stuck to his whole thing where he's just like, hey, so when am I going to take you out? Um, and he kept on it the whole time. Jade, on the other hand, is just like, I got a man. He's more man than you, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. again, just believable stuff. And uh, you see, of course, this is all taking place in Miami. Miami saw the reintroduction of Red Velvet. Uh, I didn't mind any of this. <laughs> I actually... Uh, liked it quite a bit and Bow Wow actually played his part quite well. Um, it was funny. I had to, on the topic of my kids, I think I've mentioned this before that my, one of my kids' favorite movies is like Mike. They watch it probably <laughs> like a couple times a year. They love that movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, they don't know any Bow Wow music at all. Why would they? They're kids. Mm-hmm. But they've seen that movie plenty because it's on streaming services. That's a funny, that's one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. They don't know Bow Wow's music. Why would they? They're kids. And he started out for kids. That's hilarious. <laughs> what a trans, transition, man. We've come a I long mean, way. I mean, they Shout don't know any of that music. But, but when I told them, I was like, yeah, that's, uh, I was like, he played Calvin and like Mike. And they're like, oh, that's Calvin. 
Yo, knowing him just as Calvin is hilarious. That's hella funny. I mean, hey, at least that movie would have a lasting legacy with kids, right? Like, of course it right. would today because it's still an easy story to tell of kid gets mm-hmm. magic shoes and can play in the NBA. That is an easy story. Easy. Yeah, he's, and, now he just got to get the Rock's boots and, and lace them up and get in there and wrestle for I'm him. saying, easy as that. <laughs> Why it got to be the Rock's I don't know. <laughs> the Rock. Just somebody. I don't know. Somebody's boots. I, I was trying no. to think of, like, the, the most famous wrestler during that time period. Probably... I don't know, Rock. I didn't want to say Austin or maybe Austin. I don't. I don't, I don't know if we want to yeah, say I him. I think you're right with Rock. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be the Rock's boots. <laughs> he laces up the mm-hmm. Rock's boots. Yeah, and he's I just agree. throwing spine busters and shit. But he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want it to happen in real life. I want him to put on someone's mask and turn into Ray Phoenix or something. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> 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 I'll make yeah, the like Mike Ray Phoenix edition be. As far as what the end game is, I don't know. I have no clue where this is headed. Uh, I thought I maybe did, but nope, I don't know. I at mean, Bow Wow's absolutely showing up at some point. I thought that there was. I think a chance he's showing he... up next week. I think he's showing up in her championship celebration. I can see that. Um, yeah, so he's going to show up at some point. I, I think everything they're doing is great. Mixed yeah. tag match, maybe Bow Wow and the person against Jade and Swerve since he got this whole thing kicked off anyway. <laughs> I mean, he's locked up right now with the uh, the the Keith Lee stuff. So whatever's happening is happening soon. I don't know what it is. I was at confused all. at first. I was about to say locked up. What he did? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he's in a cell next to Ranch. <laughs> Yo, he's right here actually. <laughs> He's in a cell next to <laughs> uh, And Jason says, um, also with the elite seeming to troll CM Punk during their match with Death Triangle, do you think this means we're closer to a potential Punk return or no. buyout? Uh, he no. says, uh, just continuing on with the, the second part of it. He says, I am hoping um, return Punk versus Omega will be fire. Um I don't think this is representative of anything. Yeah, right. I don't think this is an indicator. It, it's of representative anything. of something. It's not representative <laughs> of that. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't think this represented any movement in one direction. Um, right. Is is what I mean. Um, at least from the people I talked to, uh, as much as it was more just to troll the Chicago crowd. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. As you see in the topics list, Phil goes to Dynamite is one of the topics. We'll get to that here And shortly. not the other Phil that you're talking about. We're talking about this Phil right here. That other one is banned from Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know what, though? I- I'll say this. He is still on all of the Dynamite graphics for um, TV providers. And just to put that into perspective, they didn't twitch when it came to removing Cody from all of that. It was mm-hmm. like within a day of Cody being out, all of a sudden the Rampage and Dynamite graphics were yeah, all updated. that was cut and dry, buddy. <laughs> that was like, okay, we knew. Cut it. Cody is out. He ain't on nothing no more. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's that, by the way, Marcus. I don't think it's Tony choosing the elite over the punk. I don't think that's what's happening. I don't at think all. that's that either. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, no, I don't think Tony is one to even look. I still think he ideally, and you could hear it in the the media scrum. Um, 
when he was asked about CM Punk. And I think it was the first time he addressed it where he said, like, look, I'm happy with everything CM Punk contributed to the company on screen. Um, and he said, you know, it's very clear that if he could still have CM Punk, maybe not Phil Brooks behind the scenes as far as that last month of his was concerned, but if he could have CM Punk on screen right now, no hesitation. He, he would have CM Punk on screen right now. Yeah, the way he talked about CM Punk's contributions in his year in AEW, it was clear Tony is very pleased with what he got out of that year and wants more of it. Um, it's just a matter of can he get it. Yep. Uh, let's see. So Matthew Plus uh, said, what are your thoughts on Starks wanting Kanye as his theme for a match? Personally, I think it's tone deaf to give that hate merchant any visibility much less aligned with him in any way. It's like buying a Kyrie jersey right now. Thoughts? Uh, oh wow, that's kind of. Yeah, I don't know if I would say. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I would make that Kyrie comparison, but no, play the touch. Play touch the sky. Just play Lupe's verse. Don't. So. Well, uh, this is what I'll <laughs> say about that. Um, I think uh, you have to give some people. He didn't like when you think about what Ricky said there. Tone deaf, maybe, but at the same time. I look at it as I'm not somebody who can hang on to Kanye's music right now, given all of his antics at the moment um, and all the people he's choosing to associate himself with, mainly because the music itself takes on different meanings when you listen to it through the voice of current Kanye. Like to me, I listen to All Falls Down and I'm just like, this is just a man hating on black women now. It doesn't even sound like somebody who's um, like, that. that's how it sounds to me now. Am I wrong here, Phil? <laughs> like, You're correct. Yeah, like that. That's that's how that song sounds to me now. Uh, versus and same with Gold Digger. Gold Digger, same deal. Where like at the time, um, it maybe felt a little bit deeper, but now it just feels like nah. This just sounds like a guy who don't like black women. I and mean, that, we we yeah, we've given him a lot of credit, and and called him a genius for a long time. When uh, at the same time he was kind of getting some crazy stuff off. Uh, right. Uh, that that whole report this week about stuff he was doing at the Adidas meetings sounds crazy. Yeah. That sounds nuts. Nutty. Yeah. Now I'll I'll say this though that I get it. His music at multiple points, at least for me, it meant a lot to me. And like, um, while I can't necessarily hold on to that, I can see why a song like "Touch the Sky" especially does appeal to somebody. Does definitely. Um, yeah, definitely has that. Uh, and that's why you just have to look at things with a little bit of nuance. He didn't say in anything like, hey, I support Kanye West. He just said if there was a song he could pick, if he could have a licensed song, it would be Touch the Sky because that's a song that he feels appeals to him. And like when you think about the sound, when you think about the sound of that song, it does I get fit it. Him. Yeah, that does actually fit Ricky Starks quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to jump all over Ricky for it. I mean, if he's still a Kanye fan, that's his choice. Um, right. But I just like slavery was for us. Yo. Reg. <laughs> Yo. So yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Reg. Um, yeah. If you want to, I'm just trying to say what you're supporting. Yeah, I, I mean like him just like slavery was a choice for black people. Yeah. That that is something that Kanye West said, not righteous Reg the, the podcast. No, not me. We know who <laughs> You know where it came from. It's Kanye West, I'm saying. Yeah, no, so I, I get it. Like, I get that um, a lot of people still have an attachment for Kanye West, and it is what it is. I'm not going to knock the guy for that. That's his personal choice. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, let's see. We got this one that I'm not really going to answer. It says, Will, what is up with Swerve symbol he's been posting? Do you have Come any on, idea guys. what is up with it? Uh, in case you didn't see it, it is three orange triangles. He tried to nice describe symbol. it like you didn't see it. Like, no, nah, I think Will saw it. Yeah. With an isosceles in it. Yeah. In case you didn't see it. In case you didn't see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, th it'll make sense soon. Look, uh, it is not my place to blow anybody's spot. Like, why would I do that? Um, I'll just say, just keep paying attention. Like, it's it's uh, just keep paying. It's attention. the return of GTV. Goldust is there, so it's all gonna connect together. <laughs> He's the one behind the camera. It's Dustin Rose. Yeah, just just pay attention. That's it, because. Uh, Stuff's why would you? Why would you want us to spoil some cool moment for you? You know what I mean? <laughs> like we came on here and we were just like, "It's this. That's not fun." <laughs> hilarious. Uh, let's see. Tony P says some people want the TBS and women's title belts merged. I don't. Put uh -huh. Jay in a spot to make it mean something like Miro did the TNT title. So let me ask you: Would you prefer the merging of the titles or tag belts stepping for the women? Also, um. Question also, oh, he fits since follow up. Okay, I see that. Uh, it says, You think there will need or there'll be a need for an all Pacific belt down the road? Because if a certain someone uh, say nah to their old company and comes in, uh, I say, uh, give bring it out for her and let her, uh, what are you saying? Bam, this let is her a long cook question, with bro. It. He said, <laughs> let her cook with it in Japan for. Her fun plus a sheet of feud for it. Okay, I get what you're asking now. So it's two things. You're wondering if the TBS and women's titles should be merged. No. no. Um, I think having more titles for the women to compete over is always a good thing. I think it protects Jade's streak. It keeps Jade away from because like Jade needs to remain undefeated. But at the same time, how do you remain undefeated without becoming the world champion? Easy TBS title. Uh, and it adds more stakes to the streak. The person who defeats her is not only getting the streak, they win the title. So right. I fully believe that that's going to remain the case. <laughs> um, I um, think that... And then the women's world title has some of the most going for it it's had in a long time right now. Yeah. Keep that momentum going. As far as an all-Pacific title, which you're clearly saying you want to see that as the... Uh, Sasha Banks championship is what it sounds like that you want to crown her champion and have her defended around the world. <laughs> That's what it sounds like you're Come alluding on. to. <laughs> Get real, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering where you were going because you were like, hey, merge these two women's titles, but hey, let's establish another women's title. I'm like, well, why are you merging titles then if you're in introducing another one? Um, right. No, I don't think you should merge the titles. I think that the TBS title is so specific to Jade right now that it would right. seem weird if they did. The funniest thing that I thought when I when you were reading it though is, um, yeah, Jade has made the TBS title matter like Miro did for the TNT title, like Cody did for the TNT title because he established that belt. He was the guy yeah. that put that belt over. <laughs> no, that was Cody. I mean, I, Miro had a good reign. I mean, I guess yeah. she's. I'd say she's the most comparable to Miro simply because um, Miro was a heel who was dominant, um, whereas Cody. Uh, Cody wasn't necessarily dominant with it because all of his title defenses he, were all very yeah. close. But he, he, I think he established the belt in the sense of he made it matter. He made it something that uh, people yeah. wanted and wanted to compete over. Absolutely. That, right. that belt is still synonymous with Cody Rhodes, in my opinion. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. I'm, 
I mean, honestly, those first four champions of Brody, Cody, Darby, and Miro were all really solid. Um, Sammy should have been, honestly. And uh, just uh, honestly, you know, that run that they had of Sammy, Scorpio's reign didn't work out for them. Um, Wardlow's was okay. Uh, and I think he might get it back, but uh, I don't know what Joe's about to bring to the table with it. That's a very curious one. Yeah, I didn't uh, like a lot of Wardlow's defenses, to be honest. I think I think his his uh, competition level of competition was always like it was always a squash match every time, and he knew it. Except Cage, Brian Cage, which again, right. Brian Cage is having a phenomenal run. Now, who knew that Brian Cage was going to have the run he's having right now? He heard everybody Tell- talking shit. I told yeah. y'all. I told y'all a few weeks ago. We might owe. Uh, we might owe Brian an apology, man, because <laughs> he been he been out here hooping. Yeah, yeah. he has. So uh, I'm. I, I just. I guess I forgot. Uh, and he had to I, make up for his girl doing that tweet. He's like, damn, I have to like really let these niggas know so they stop bringing up my woman's tweet every time I'm out on the screen. I see it. I see it. I got you. No, and, and the other thing I think Brian needed was um, crowds. That I think the reason that people were so kind of down on Brian Cage was because, like, all we ever saw him do was uh, pandemic era stuff. And his stuff is kind of designed to pop. And so I think people were just kind of like, eh, what is this guy? He just moves. But, like, (laughs) when you see him do all of that and pop crowds at the same time, I think that made a big difference for what he's doing right now. So um, I think that was all he needed, really. Yep. Uh, Jennifer says, happiest of weekends to the gents. Grateful for all you do. Keep thriving. Keeping it short today. Got to go get groceries. Yuck. Yuck. I don't know. Happy Thanksgiving, Jennifer. Appreciate you. I don't mind. Now, granted, probably because I'm a townie, but uh, I don't mind grocery shopping mainly because, again, I'm a really social person. I live in the same city I went to high school in. And what that means is that I run into a lot of people. So the grocery store is always just like, oh, every time I, if I am more than 10 minutes inside the store, my wife is always like, so who'd you run into this time? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) no, and I love it. I will maybe spend like, I'll bump into somebody. We chop it up for five, 10 minutes, and then we go on about our, our business. And it's always somebody, no matter Every time I go, I almost look forward to it now. I'm like, all right, I actually have to like get myself dressed, go into the store now because I don't know who I'm going to bump into. No, nah, see, we live in the American dream. No, <laughs> <laughs> we can't. It's out. Yeah, well, it, the dumb thing about it, though, is that you would think me saying that means I live in like a small town. Nah, man, I live in the second biggest city in this state. And uh, it just happens to be five minutes from where I went to high school and the rest of us didn't leave either. Um, so yeah, which it's fine. As long as we're not still living with our parents, it's all right to, my parents live 10 minutes away. Hey, so. no, even if you are, who cares? Yeah. Uh, well, no, cause I know there's that little feeling of like, I know some people feel if they're in the same place, they went to high school, they have that feeling of, did I do anything? Uh, and it's like, you know, if you moved up, it's all good. Like, and if you still live with your parents, that's fine. Even if you're 45, who cares? It's all perception. It's all bullshit. It's all a bunch of scams anyways. Get your coin, pass on, enjoy your life, and live it. That too. My people. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. My sister still lives at home, and she's uh, 
honestly, I don't know what my parents would do without her. So <laughs> uh, people need that. Yeah, they they need her. My parents are ancient and they definitely need all that. I'm sorry, I was cracking jokes on my mom and dad at Thanksgiving. Still stuck in that. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm still stuck in that. You're like, no, now I'm on the podcast. I'm not with my family right now. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's fun. My dad turns 80 uh, this February. And. Black History Month 80? Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> Black History Month. Yeah, it's. I will say, just talking to my dad, it is always. Wild to think about how old he like truly is, because when I think about eighty how... years ago, that's that is insane to think about. That's oh yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like Looney Tunes; those were new when he was a kid, right? Like, that's... <laughs> the first, not seeing the first run was bunny. That's crazy. <laughs> Right now, my my dad, you know, like how I uh, there are days when, again, I mentioned on Twitter this week, I threw on Power Rangers because I was in a mood and I wanted to see all the Tommy stuff. I was throwing on some old Power Rangers. I watch stuff from my childhood all the time. My childhood was, you know, 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just thinking about how that's a habit I get from my dad who watches stuff from his childhood. But stuff from his childhood is like original little rascals right like that's like the hour <laughs> gang like all of that um oh, but man. he do he just he'll be sitting around just like watching it every once in a while and i'm like i get it that's where i get that from you're triggering right. your nostalgia like i trigger mine i watch old wrestling I, I it's like, like yeah wrestling. watching like summerslam 1991 same shit yeah it's the same shit for him yeah. but that he do he, he watches all that stuff and like that's that's my dad uh let's see what else we got here he says, uh, this is one sweet Chris. It says, one criticism I always hear with the elite is they can't tell stories. I don't think anyone can say that after the shots they took this past Wednesday. Uh, also, uh, hope. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 agree. I agree with that. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with that. And, uh, well, go ahead. Uh, and he says, hope We're going to let you Jensen. get into it, Phil. Uh, I hope you find Jensen Grapsity had a great holiday. Um, no, I would say the CM Punk stuff was absolutely storytelling. Yeah, that there's... No question for me, I would call that storytelling. You disagree, Phil, but I think it's storytelling. All right, no, yeah, go get, get your shit up. <laughs> I think the, the thing that gets muddied up is when people say, say stories, because that is a criticism of the elite, but it's like every story isn't the same. They're telling a story. Like I always no. say, a wrestler's story could be, I want to have the most gifts. I want to be viral. That's a story. If you don't like it, like if you think that's dumb, that doesn't mean it's not a story. You know? Yeah, no, and I, I've never agreed with the elite can't tell stories. I've, I've always thought that was a weird criticism of them. I just right. think there were things in this match Wednesday that weren't necessary to telling a story. Um, well, I mean, for the story they were telling, because um, it all depends on, on the story they're telling. Because, right, I thought that, one, I loved the match at Full Gear. I was there in person, mm-hmm. watched it again at home, loved it. Great match. Um, and my thoughts on it uh in both regards were i love the story that was being told there which was uh and it was told through everything through their entrance through their demeanor and the way it all went down the story that in case you weren't paying attention or you just think that the elite don't tell stories was that they came in with this incredibly epic entrance they came out after the champions how dare you come out after the champions 
Uh, and the Tron was, uh, as, as the graphics all came up on the Tron and it had their message from them, was telling the story of guys who know they're the elite, they call themselves the elite, there is no AEW without them. And as far as they're concerned, the guys in the ring don't even matter. They're not the, the real trios champions. We're the real trios champions. They came in in such a aggressive and almost overconfident mode that when they lost, you kind of walk away from that like, oh, shit. Like, you know, they presented everything as a foregone conclusion. All those video packages that were talking about mm-hmm. the trios championships and how we disappeared and that we're the champs now. Like, now you go back and you think about what Packett said in that promo about how everybody thinks you're coming for us, but uh, we're coming for you. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all made sense. The story being told was that the elite came in aggressively cocky, and uh, the Death Triangle had it. Once Ray Phoenix decided to do what Pac was telling him to do all along, had their number. Second match, I felt same deal where they came in and from the moment their music hit carry on my wayward son hits crowd is booing they are booing these guys and they're playing up to it they're having fun with the crowd you see matt jackson uh intentionally botch a uh a buckshot lariat um you see kenny uh, right before he, right after the, to the getting the, the Terminator clap in, and then he motions go to sleep. Uh, but right after he did that, he missed. And the whole point I thought out of all of this was that with all of the antagonizing of the Chicago crowd, and again, this isn't just a, my thought. I actually talked to a wrestler, a couple of wrestlers in AEW who all felt that this was kind of what they were getting because they're like, sometimes you gotta you gotta give it to the crowd a little bit so that uh, in the end, the crowd gets what they were after. And in this case, a crowd that was there to hate on the elite got antagonized a little bit, but in the end, the elite lost. They ended right. up, none of that stuff worked, and they ended right. up with egg on their face by the end of it. And uh, again, that's a bit of a story, right? They came in there to mm-hmm. fuck with the Chicago crowd, but at the end of the day, the Chicago crowd won because right. the elite lost. And now they're down... Oh, and two in a best of seven series, they might not, uh, at, at this point, they have to come from behind and it's one of those situations where you could easily continue to tell the story of the elite will not get a win in this series until they take this seriously and until right. they take their opponent seriously. And I think that that the, again, they came in there, they, they were goofy in that match, but they lost. And I think that that's the story there. Agreed. Phil? But Phil, I'm just waiting um, on Phil to cook. <laughs> oh, some of the just... psychology did work in that match. In the second match, I think some of the psychology didn't work. I, I don't think you can tell me that they're working heel and then the other teams still had to cheat to beat them. That doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> they did. I disagree with that, though. They got out healed because at the same time, because they were working heel, right? Like, Nick, because Matt Jackson was like, I'm going to use this hammer. And Penta was like, I got one too. And I feel like even when they came in to work the heels in that match, they got outworked by heels who have been better but, at it. But you just told me that the story of the match is that they came out and they acted cocky and they gave the Chicago crowd what they wanted by losing. 
what they gave the Chicago crowd losing, but being protected even in loss. Like, I feel like they still lost by, they didn't lose clean here. They cheated to, to win. They but still they had to attempted, cheat to beat them. But they attempted to cheat. The elite were about to cheat and got Regardless, though, so, so here's my thing. And, and this is kind of my, I don't know if we're going into filling in the Chicago crowd. And here's, yeah, sure. Let's, let's talk about it. Okay, so here's come up some of my things with this show because Full Gear was great. I thought Full Gear, Full Gear was an amazing show. Um, I thought the entrance and everything at Full Gear was awesome. I thought that that I are you kidding me? I've watched their entrance from Full Gear countless times since Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad to have them back. I I don't know if people think that I'm just this punk fan, so I hate the elite. No, I started watching AEW because I've been an elite fan for years. Um, and so, no, I was happy they're back. I thought they had a great pat. I thought they had a great match on Saturday, um, and so I was ready for this to be another another good match. I feel like the second entry in this match was going to be good. Um, a lot of my problems with this show is that I don't feel like we got enough payoff from the pay per view because I feel like, for 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 instance, if you're going to open a show and you know you don't have Max, right, and I think not having Max to come full circle in Chicago, not just because he beat Punk in, in February in Chicago, but also he came back at All Out in Chicago. You kind of needed him to open a show. And if you didn't have him, I feel like they could have done better than what they had. You opened this show with this loud CM Punk chant and the crowd is ready for action. I think they should have started with the trios match because I feel like starting with a talking segment it just kind of felt like it was just there. I was sitting there the whole time, like, all right, well, what's going to happen? And they just kept talking. I was like, all right, is anything actually going to happen? And then it got to the end, and it was just like, nope, they just talked. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, which didn't really work for me as someone sitting in the crowd. I think at home I would have been more forgiving of it. But in the crowd and being hot in the crowd and having this atmosphere in the crowd where we're ready for something big to happen, it kind of fell short, in my opinion. I feel like it underdelivered. Um and I feel like there were several things like that, like um, showing us the Swerve and Keith Lee thing on the screen and us not actually getting an advancement of that story was kind of a letdown too. And that's not to say the segment was bad. It was great, but si- again, sitting there in the crowd and watching it on the screen, I was like, eh, okay. Um, and it was just a couple things like that. I think at the end of the show, um, not getting any advancement on any of the Jericho stuff. Like, they didn't go back to the stuff with Sammy at all. We haven't gotten any advancement on the Danny Garcia stuff at all. Um, I'm kind of tired of Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know if that's me, but I just don't care about this feud anymore because it hasn't really moved anywhere different. Um, he's beat Brian three times now. Cool. Um, and now we're back to a Claudio match. Okay. It sounds all like Jericho, all, of, all of Jericho's feuds overstayed their welcome. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like this one is out overstayed its welcome, and I don't feel like anything yeah. new has really happened with Jericho Appreciation Society. And so, mm-hmm. when I tweeted during the show that it was kind of a mess, that's what I meant. It's not that this was a bad show; I enjoyed myself. The atmosphere there was great. There were a lot of things I enjoyed about the show, but I was like, man, as a show after a pay per view, I don't feel like a lot of this really moved forward and. That is because this is a Thanksgiving show and you have to wait until the next week because you're going to get more of the stuff that I personally wanted this week, next week. Like, right. you're going to get the MJF stuff next week. I'm sure you're going to get more of the 
more of the Jericho Appreciation Society stuff that we didn't get this week. And I'm sure we're going to get more of the Keith and Swerve stuff next week. But some of the stuff that didn't hit for me this week was stuff that I was waiting for payoff for the pay-per-view stuff. Now, when we get to this trios match, I wanted this as somebody that isn't invested in continuing the elite and punk stuff because that's not wrestling stuff. That's backstage stuff. Like, I think that stuff is interesting for other reasons. But if I'm just looking at the feud of these three, these two trios, I just want to see them have a match. I don't want to get out there and boo the elite because I dislike the elite because I don't dislike the elite. And I'm not going to sit out there and chant CM Punk during their match because I want CM, CM Punk. No, I want to see this trios match that I came here to see. So I, I don't really get. And here, let me phrase it this way. I don't really like the idea of just just positioning Chicago as punk territory because that's not exactly true. It is punk territory because he's one of the most famous wrestlers to come from the city. But this is also a city that has supported the elite in AEW since day one. This is a city that you do the most of your shows here. So, no, this isn't just a crowd that's partial to him. No, this is a crowd that that loves this company and loves the elite. And so I think to just call them a impartial crowd is kind of not true. And I think we saw that all night because there was dueling. There was dueling chants. There were people that were chanting Flux and Punk. There were people that were chanting um, Cole Cabana and all kinds of other crazy stuff. Um, I think one of the funniest things of the night was when people first started sitting down. Somebody started trying to start the, the Flux and Punk chant right away and immediately got booed. <laughs> people shut that down immediately. But I do think that that. Part of this is that Chicago is a wrestling town. Like Chicago is a town that, again, has supported since day one. Again, I'm not an anti-elite guy. I was at All In. <laughs> I've been there since day one. So, no, this isn't me going, I like punk, so don't take any shots at punk. And if you take shots at him, I'm going to be mad. No, it's wrestling. I thought all of this stuff was funny. I thought the buckshot spot was funny. I thought, I thought him doing the go to sleep and all that stuff was funny. What I didn't think was honest with people saying oh they had to do it because it was chicago they were taking shots at that man in full gear like come on now him uh, nick mac nick coming out and doing the knee in the in the corner that's punk's move like that's not that was intentional come on he him, does it too though it, it is but no i don't think so because he does that in every match like i felt like as far as full oh, gear was God. concerned because i because I, I actually disagree i think in full gear i fully felt like they were trying to just work and i felt like and they were trying to just work while they encouraged that punk chant yeah i don't know i i i guess i just felt like as far as dynamite was concerned that was at dynamite it felt like an elephant in the room it was like there's no way you can get away with not it, addressing it is this an elephant here. in the room but i just to me Again, I wasn't there for that. And I don't I might not represent the entire crowd, but I I'm not I wasn't there to boo the elite. I had no interest in doing that. I know um, you weren't there for that, but you know that you saw some of the signs. You said me of course. some of the signs. But that's what were... I'm saying. Yeah, of course. But I'm just saying when when you make the entire match about that, I feel like it's distracting. And I feel like it was distracting for most of the match. And I'm not saying that uh <laughs> Okay. I just saw a comment that was pretty funny, but okay, not true, but all right. Um, <laughs> um, I I just think that it's, I just think me being there to see the elite wrestle um, Death Triangle, 
I would have preferred just a straightforward match. I again, I think all the stuff that they were doing trolling was funny. I think the atmosphere there was great, but I think that this was a risky move, buddy. Uh, I think because... well, I, I think what you're saying is the story that the elite is telling. I think that's why they left and, the and match. No, look, because exactly what you're saying. That's what they. That's no, the look, story that I, they were telling. And look, I get, I get the story. I get the idea behind the match. I get. I get playing to the crowd. I get why it worked. I think it, all of that was great. Um, but I do think that it got a little bit overboard at points. Like, it felt like it became more about trying to troll the crowd and do wink, wink, nudge, nudge humor instead of just doing a straightforward match against the Lucha Bros and, and, and Pac. And I get it. You're supposed to take away, oh, that's why they lost, because they got caught in their own goofy shenanigans. But I do think that this, in a way, was extremely petty and i think if if he's not coming back i think that this is a very risky move now if he's coming back great um do business but if he ain't i think this looks away and i think people that are are like oh well you might be just gotten to because you're a punk fan no i'm not i think that i think that all of this stuff is stuff that i always like about the elite the elite are at their best as heels they're at their best when they lean into exactly what people don't like about them i think that's them at their best but i don't think that you can have it both ways i don't think that you can i don't think you can come out and do that interview and say hey let this go and then also go oh well you know it's just in character we're just being petty in character no, you can't do both. And I and I know people are going to be like, oh, well, he was just saying that as 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 Tyson, the real person, not Kenny Omega. He's not doing that fucking interview for Sports <laughs> Illustrated as a real person. He is doing That's that. In, he's doing that interview in person as, as Kenny Omega, the wrestler. <laughs> like, okay, come on, man. So I think that I, I just think that it sends two different messages. And I think they've got to be careful, especially if they don't know that he's coming back. Um, because <laughs> I think if he's not coming back, cause here, let me rephrase this better. I saw people saying, um, there's no way that Tony wouldn't be cool with this. And punk is not cool with this because it would be the way to keep him going. I don't think that's exactly true. So you want me to believe that within the same period that they took this man off of the video game, and that they are basically making it clear in business sense that we might be moving on from Kenny Omega, but on television we're not, and we still want you to talk about him. I don't think that makes sense. Those two, those two messages don't make sense together. <laughs> um, well, so um, I want to uh, read this super chat. This is from Hala Basana. He says, watching it on TV, the split crowd and dueling chants felt super awkward until the elite in uh, encouraged the entire crowd to turn on them with all the punk stuff. At that point, for me, the chaos was resolved. And that was a thing I definitely felt here because it did feel like, again, it's one of those um, taking control from the crowd kind of things because to start it, it did feel like the crowd was in control of things. But once the elite played into it, then it felt like they did have control of the crowd again. The match felt like it had control of the crowd to me. I, I was there, and it did not feel like that in the crowd. It felt like the crowd at several points were more interested in trying to start chants than the actual story of this match. Um, I think um, what, you, what you described as the dynamic of this match and them falling short of winning because they were more interested in trolling Punk is, is a clear dynamic, and it makes perfect sense. But I don't think most fans read that that way. I think 
And I think that's clear in people that are like, this is the sign. This is it. This is the sign that Punk is coming back. I don't think that's what this match is supposed like, to say. I, and, and, and I don't think um, I don't think that you can come out of this match and say they came out of this controlling the narrative because I think in the crowd, there were still people um, trying to get dueling chants going. And I don't think that it was as unison as you think it is. Because again, I was there and I just think that there were certain parts of this that didn't work the way it seemed like it did and maybe i maybe i'm completely off but again i'm not saying this from a place of i don't like the elite and but i do feel like if the starter of this entire thing is hangman going on tv and doing something that punk didn't like to go into business for himself why would you think this is the thing <laughs> that oh, is yeah, going to no, get I, him back on board it's no it's not this is everything he hated <laughs> yeah no I, I agree with that i do agree with the idea that this is not the thing that brings CM Punk back. Like, if you think this is it, not a chance. No, it's um, not. <laughs> no, I don't think trolling him and and all of that is the sign to go. Oh, well, he's ready to do business. No, I think this is. I think this is the elite being who they always are. And I think if you enjoy that, you were gonna love this. And I think again, I think the match was great. I think everything about it was fun. But I don't want to keep talking about Punk if he's not gonna be on TV. I think that is my takeaway from all of this. I don't want to keep making that the defining conversation with all of this if he ain't coming back. Well, and I'm hoping that, you know, if I'm right and this is the story they were telling, I'm hoping that this week where, you know, if they regroup and, again, take shit seriously and win, I yeah. think um, that could ultimately end up being the point of, like, hey, we let this go and focused and that's how we turn the series around. As, yeah. As right now they're down. Uh, yeah, I man, and that can all work. I just think, uh, boy, there like were Kenny Kenny attempting to go to sleep and losing, uh, or and not getting the victory versus a move that has gotten him the win every chance he's done it, which is the one winged angel. Like big difference there. Yeah, um, I just. <laughs> but this again goes into my theme. If you're going from the pay per view and the theme of the pay per view that they came back as triumphant baby faces that got cheered and the only t only reason they lost their first match was to get cheated why if you watch the pay-per-view why does it make sense to come in the next episode and they're now heels again just Dude. because it's for chicago like no, if you're I, if no, you're just me, watching I, no I, I actually like the logic of that because at the in that point they saw it as well if they're gonna be assholes and cheat then we're gonna do that and they it proved that death triangle still better at it like they tried Death Triangle's game and it didn't work. Yeah, but the story of the I feel like the story also was not so so much that Phoenix cheated because he wanted to be healed. This was a very reluctant using a hammer hammer because he was in a desperate spot. If he didn't use it, he was gonna lose. And I don't yeah. feel like it was like he just wanted to cheat them. He was just like, no, I want to win. But um, but it proved Pac right because Pac was saying yeah. all along that this is how you need to win. And the the story at the end of this match on Wednesday was also. Um, Ray Phoenix wasn't happy that Penta used the hammer um, because Ray Phoenix, and again, this is a story being told with Death Triangle from day one, right? They come out of three different spots in the, the yeah. entranceway. Pac comes out of the heel tunnel. Penta comes out <laughs> of the middle. Ray Phoenix comes out of the babyface tunnel. Ray Phoenix, that ain't how Ray Phoenix operates. You know, he happened to have the hammer and he did something that he's not proud of. He's still a babyface. Penta? He could go either way. He's like, mm -hmm. that's why he's in the middle. Pack is just straight up like, fuck these guys. 
I'm gonna win anyway. I can't. <laughs> yeah, and, man. Pack and, Pack being on TV consistently has been the best thing about AEW recently. Honestly, I, I love had, Pack. Th- th- this Ooh. year, um, you know, we have slept on Pack this year. Uh, I, no, I don't. I don't feel like we have this year. I, I feel like though, it's just not talked about enough how much of a difference having him back full time has been. Because, uh, he's, and he's it's weird great. to think about. He still don't live here, but this man just committed to seven straight weeks of working in the United States. And actually, two of those weeks they have off. So he's really committed to nine weeks of American TV. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's I, wild <laughs> to think about that. I just think it's funny that people would think that I would be mad that the elite are being heels. I love them in heels. I think that's when they do their best. I don't really enjoy them that much as baby faces. I think they're I think they're miles better as heels. And so I'm not saying that what they did on Wednesday is bad. I'm just saying that it's risky because, again, hey, if we're doing work, right, great. But if you're doing that and your fans are now going, hey, see, the leader's smarter than everybody. They're playing chess. This is all a part of a work. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a work. They're playing chess. I will say that um, the one person I'm really glad to have back through all of this is Kenny. and. Right. Uh, watching at full gear, I I felt like this Kenny's been gone a lot longer than we were giving, yeah. uh, than we realized that, mm-hmm. you know, when I see Kenny in this shape doing Man, what he's he doing looks, again. He looks amazing. He looks yeah, amazing. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, and he didn't look like this in, his, in the, uh, especially those last few months of his world title run. Yeah, when he and was he world champion, he did not look like this. He didn't, he didn't look like, he didn't, like yeah. this. He didn't, yeah, it was He wasn't like moving that. like this. He wasn't working like this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this Kenny's been gone a few years. This this right. isn't just like Kenny's been out since last year's full gear. Nah, Kenny's been out since like. Bro, January 4th <laughs> is about to yeah. be so insane with Osprey. Imagine this Man, Kenny so- and that Osprey. Woo! Man, so I, this got kind of uh, undersold because the talk of the week now is, is the Dynamite. But I think right. them coming back and just how great their return was at full gear. And then if you stayed up like I did to watch the crossover show and you got the the surprise Omega vignette and you actually got to watch it live and mm-hmm. like seeing that all within 24 hours was incredible. It felt like Kenny is really back. This is him in his mode. Yo, him popping shit in Japanese was like fam. This is the Kenny I love. I'm glad he's back. Um, I'm glad we're getting the Osprey match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yeah, and look, I am glad the Elite are back. Uh, I just think that uh, I just it almost feels like nothing was learned. I, that's that's what I was looking <laughs> at on, on. That's why I was sitting thinking after the show was over at Dynamite. I was like, it just feels like nothing was learned in in two months. I feel like they came back and they were the exact same people and. If anything, people might not like this. It almost feels like Punk was right about them. Now, I think, I think, I think what he said and how he said it was wrong. But I don't know. Them going out there and doing that Wednesday was pretty childish. I don't know. I, honestly, but I think it's it, to me like it's all pro wrestling. Nothing is below the line. Nobody's doing it. No, it's not. Of course I not. I think a lot of the times your boy is super sensitive. He's done things like this. He's done all this shit before, and he's mad at people for doing shit that he's done. Wait before. a minute, though. If if it's if it's in character, though, 
Don't go out there and do stuff that's not planned, and then because that's his whole point. I, I could probably pull up a video of him doing something unplanned for sure right now in my phone. I mean, of course, but I'm just saying that. <laughs> of course, but I'm just saying in the sense that if if we're looking at this media scrum a few months ago and we're like, man, I don't know, man, the league didn't have anything to do with this, which they didn't have anything to do with that. I don't want to. I don't want to make that the case because he was absolutely wrong about them leaking things. Let me clarify that. First, mm-hmm. he's absolutely wrong about that part, but I don't know. I don't think the lesson from this is to, hey, let's antagonize this guy and do exactly what he said he didn't like. I think the lesson is to do that. I don't I don't think I don't think I don't I don't think it is. If you like I, I don't think it is for two reasons. If you want him back, I don't think that's I don't think that's the goal to antagonize this guy with exactly what he didn't like. And then if he's not coming back, I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think it's a good idea to play into exactly what he was annoyed about. I think it is, though. I think that's the point. I think it's like, all right, let's lean into it. Let them. Uh, we're annoying. Watch it, motherfucker. If you got look at this, look at it this way. Kenny Omega was out for months and months. He comes back, and then the same day he's gone because this fool came so, being crazy on a fucking media scrum. I'm trolling you when I come back, bro. So, on so, TV, everywhere. So, no, and that's why, because again, I see Chad is going crazy. I, I specifically mean what he said about them. I'm not saying he right. was right to bury the company. I'm not saying that he was right to yeah, leak yeah. things. I think no. he's right. If you just take that line in itself that they're kind of immature, oh, this kind of looks immature. When he's talking uh, about I work with a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah this looks a little immature. And so right. I, I just think to me, if your takeaway from all of that is, all right, well, he's overreacting. These guys aren't that bad. Uh, this kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, and this is where I agree with, <laughs> this is where I agree with Reg. Um, and that is that whether or not you, I mean, however you feel about um, what Punk said or the elite as people, the fact is, as far as the elite is concerned, and I group Hangman Adam Page with the elite and everything that's gone on with CM Punk, everything the elite has done thus far has all been pro wrestling. And that yep. is the big difference here is that CM Punk went outside of wrestling. Um, Whoa. Are, you, are you including the Hangman stuff? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Be- because yeah. at the end of the day, what Hangman did on screen was still That's... selling the pay-per-view. He was still mm-hmm. selling the pay- He still did it to sell the pay-per-view. Regardless and before of- CM Punk came out and was like, I hated that, I didn't know that he hated that. It was all pro wrestling to me. We didn't have to know yes, that you he did. hated that. Yes, no, you did, Ray. You, you, so. you knew that. He, he, I did not. I did, I did, when he was like, I was mad at that promo, I had to go back and watch that promo with but without context but i but i'm saying i'm saying that i'm saying the three of us with stuff that we know behind the scenes we knew that that's why i'm saying yes you did you did know that before before he said he was bad that's totally different but but what i'm saying though is that at the end of the day at the end of the day all of their stuff was all still in the confines of pro wrestling whereas everything cm punk did in uh in either retaliation or anything along those lines almost like broke the layers of pro wrestling. When he mm-hmm. called out Hangman Adam Page without Hangman uh, being around for that, that's not pro wrestling. That's going into business for yourself. That's but he did it first. That. But that's screwing over the show. No, but Hangman Hang- Hang- did it first. But again, Hangman was doing it in the build to a pay-per-view match. Him saying that he's not he here to help younger people and bringing up, that, bringing up that stuff with Colt had nothing to do with building that match. That was him taking a personal shot at that guy. 
That's why again, he didn't like but, it. But but in the line of I'm here to save AEW from you, all of that, regardless, that was all build up to a match that Hangman lost. So at the end of the day, Hangman was still he came up. He, like at the end of the day, even getting that dig in there here and there. At the end of the day, Hangman, what he did. Hangman, there Hangman was, was wrong for that. I'm just gonna say that Hangman was I mean, wrong for that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, even if you think that it's to build that match. Again, he brought in something personal without talking to this guy first, and that's what he didn't like. I don't think it would have been a matter of if he made that shot and they talked about it and he knew he was going to do that. I think it looked like he went out there and he took a shot at him and he was looking around like, where did this come from? Um, so, no, I do think that he was wrong for that. And I and, do. But the, but the, he but the does only- this thing. He built a career on this. I think he got outgunned. Like, if he would have did it first, it would have been okay. He got outgunned. That's what it was. He got out promoted. Wait, was are, 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 we, are we aware at this point that the pipe bomb was scripted and that's not real? I mean, yeah, we, we know. We're that. aware of that, right? I'm not talking about anything WWE. I'm talking about pre-ROH stuff, IWA. I'm talking about his entire career where he de- he built a career off of being this person. But again, all I'm saying here is that, again, the stuff CM Punk did broke the show, whereas nothing that those guys did broke pro wrestling. And mm-hmm. what I mean in that, in that, again, Hangman Adam Page, calling out Hangman, I think, was 10 times worse than what Hangman did. Like, without question. Um, there's, uh, I, I don't think that can be disputed because at the end of the day, not a whole lot of people knew what was going on with uh, the Hangman stuff. Like, you could take that anyway. Like, wrestling people mm-hmm. knew. But um, I missed that promo when it even aired because I was talking to Emilio the whole time. But <laughs> the uh, uh, as far as when it happened, it was weeks before people ever went back and learned the context of all of that. It was all still in build. Yeah. but Immediately it, it, when Punk called out Hangman and nothing happened, that was immediate red flag of, oh, shit. Like, you broke the show. And the hey, same deal with the media scrum. Again, the media scrum, none of that was pro wrestling. You're literally just talking and burying people in a real life context. And again, and that's, that's, you're absolutely right about that. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I am disagreeing with you is saying that because he was doing it to build a match and nobody knew that he was taking a personal shot at him, but butt punk standing there watching him do it, that doesn't make it right. He was still wrong. I know, I'm not saying it was right. What I am saying is that it's just different levels of wrong. And I think that um, wrong happens all the time, right, in pro wrestling where, you know, you'll see a guy get potatoed because of a a missed spot or something along those lines, right? Like wrong Mm -hmm. happens in pro wrestling. But as long as the end goal is to keep the show going, I think that um, at least things can be rectified. But like Punk was not working in a way to keep the show going. He broke the show both times. I mean, he, I mean, he did, but I also could make the case that I don't think certain stuff in a scrum happens <laughs> if you don't have a guy go on your television and propagate this idea that Punk is the reason that Colt is not on TV. Whether but again, we, Colt's what, name was never wait, mentioned wait, wait, in that promo. Wait, wait, Colt's wait, name was never mentioned in that promo. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead. I just don't think it's fair to also be like, all right, well, because it was in 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 service of building the match and everybody didn't know that that's what he was doing, that it's okay. I think he also, like I said, very clearly knew what he was doing. He very clearly propagated this idea that Colt is not on TV because of punk. And again, if it doesn't matter if the audience doesn't know that the people backstage know that punk knows that. And so I just don't think it was a good idea to do that. And I feel like, I don't think it was a good idea either. I'm, 
again, not justifying the idea. All I'm saying is one broke the show and the other didn't, and that's it. I mean, I feel like one also exasperated an issue that continued going into All Out. Punk. Because Hangman. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm saying, like, I don't, I don't think some of the cult stuff keeps going as long as it did, and I don't think it gets out of control like that. I feel like part of that is a byproduct of what Hangman did as well, and I don't think you could separate the two. I don't know. I still feel like there was a different way to respond to Hangman, and it wasn't that. Uh, oh no, he should have handled that backstage. I said that when it happened. Uh, and, and not only should he have handled that backstage. They did talk about that backstage. There was a big sit down no, between. We've talked. To, we yeah, we've talked about. We've that. talked and about this it. on this podcast. He did, yeah. but I'm just saying that I don't think you could just give everybody else the out because now Punk looks like the the ultimate bad guy in all of this for good reason, by the way. But I just think that man, I just don't know if you could just be like, all right, well, Hangman doesn't have anything to do with any of this. He just cut that promo and he went off and rode off into the sunset. He was never wrong. Oh no, the leader just making fun of him on TV. It's all right. It's it's they had to because Chicago was booing them already. Come on, man. Like it's o- it's okay to say that that all parties here are handing handing. And even on the line, honestly, at where I stand, is I don't think CM Punk was was wrong either. It's all pro wrestling. Everyone, uh, he, he he was wrong in this. some of his instances People, for sure. No, no, he, he, but let me tell you why he wasn't wrong. No one is dead. That's it. It's all just. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, Steel don't have a job no more. Like, there's, there's at least. Oh, he was just being a good friend. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> hey, he went to uh, my homeboy fighting. I'm pulling. Hey, if somebody busts in the Drop City locker room and they're after Phil, I'm about to bite somebody. I'll say this though: I don't have a side in none of this because the thing I want more than anything else is a roster that has the elite and a roster that has CM Punk. And you That's know what? I, 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 because I barely had any of that because, you know, when you think about uh, the fact that Kenny was only around for like two months before uh, uh, around with CM Punk around the same time, like I have barely gotten a roster that had all of this stuff. And I, I can't believe that I just can't have it all. I just want all of the things. I just want. Yeah, look, man. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's ultimately what I want. I, want, I, I, I was enjoying CM Punk. I thought CM Punk was having uh, a phenomenal year. And I want CM Punk back around. I also want the Elite around because I enjoy the Elite's matches. I enjoy. I want him to come back. To I want Punk to come back. Yeah, I want everything. I, I, as a fan, don't have a side in any of this. I yeah, just want look, everybody. Man doing the things and having the best matches possible. Yeah, I don't I look, I'm not picking a side in the sense that I I think that all of this is silly. That is my takeaway from most of it. I think it's all silly. I think to continue keeping it going on television is a bad idea because you're going to keep people talking about this nonsense. You're going to keep right. people asking for punk and you're creating a, a scenario that WWE tried to run from for years with punk on your because look, they're going to keep bringing the well, CM Punk chance, and this is for, for, this is yeah, and that's why that's why I'm saying I, I I think people that are like, oh, this is just for Chicago. I think that this and encouraging the Punk chant at Full Gear yeah. is going to encourage other cities and venues to do anti and pro Punk chants 
to get to them and to get a response. And I don't think that it is a good idea to keep playing into that. I think we should move on from it. If he's not coming back, move on. If he is coming back, great, do business. But if you're telling me that as a company, you're still at a stalemate, you don't know if he's coming back, move on. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. What would you have done in this case, knowing that the crowd was chanting CM Punk before they ever did anything? You can, there's nothing wrong with trolling, but it is a totally different than sitting here and saying, all right, well, doing a few of his taunts and doing, making fun of it. Hey, that's cool. But then going and making fun of the botch and going and, and doing a, a, a GTS. Come on, bro. Like, and again, I thought all that stuff was funny, but don't, don't, don't tell me you had to do that because the crowd was booing. You did that because you wanted to do it. Okay. Like I said, though, I'm just saying, <laughs> what would you have done in that case? Again, I said you could troll the crowd and you could you could play up to it and, and heal it up, but I just think that they let it get too far. And there's no way in the world you could tell me all of that was planned. I don't believe that for a second. Bianca Leia uh, says, Happy post-Thanksgiving. What did you think of Britt Baker not letting champ Jamie Hayter talk during Dynamite? Possible foreshadowing to a split? Oh, of course. Um... I mean, I think the foreshadowing has been there forever. And the fact that uh, Britt is kind of hogging the spotlight has kind of been the case since Jamie became number one contender. And she's like, yeah, right. we're number one contender. Yeah, you you got this girl and like not letting her speak. Nah, this is we're getting to the split. I think, you know, I posted that poll. How do you want to see this play out? And I guess option C won because uh, I said option A was. Britt wins the title, Jamie wins it from Britt. Uh, option B, I said, was um, Jamie splits from Britt first and then goes and wins the title. And option C was Jamie Hayter wins the title and then splits from Britt. And it looks like it's option C. I actually like this um, because, you know, I said this on Day After Dynamite, and I bring this up in comparison all the time to this because I feel like the best comparison is Orton getting kicked out of Evolution in 2004. Right. But I think that the only reason that storyline is considered a flop is because they had no patience. It was mm -hmm. like Orton won the title. The next night, Hunter turns right. on him. <laughs> Zero patience whatsoever. Like, no, nah, y'all should have had Hunter undermining Orton for months. You could This could that have gone cool. on for months of mm -hmm. Hunter undermining Randy Orton and acting like he's got his back, but in reality, you know, he's just plotting to take the title from him when it's time. And then finally, after a little bit of time, you do the thumbs up moment, thumbs down, and you turn on him. Uh, and I think had you done that, that would have really made it a, a, a cool, engrossing storyline. Instead, they had no patience. They're like, nah, we need a babyface very next night. And uh. the shit sucked. It would have helped Randy too if they would have waited longer because Randy needed some. He needed them for to help with this world heavyweight championship, and they were just like, "No, nah, actually, you're just a single baby face, and all the cool things about you are gone. You're a smiling guy." And it was like, "This is not what we wanted. We want evolution, Randy Orton. What happened here?" Right, right. So, and yeah, so the same show with, with Jamie. Yeah, and so with Jamie, I appreciate that. We know what's coming. We know that. Right. Uh, and you know what? It could be even better if you could see the look on Jamie's face when Britt took the mic. Jamie kind of knows what's coming. Jamie's not mm -hmm. stupid. And I feel like when it finally comes time for Britt to double cross her, I would love for Jamie to know and to be one step ahead of her. 
Uh, and either way, I'm intrigued. You know, we got the story this week that um, they finally came to the correct conclusion to uh, have Thunder Rosa relinquish the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, Jamie Hayter is officially the AEW Women's World Champion. And most importantly, Tony Storm's reign is now retroactively recognized as a world title reign. I love the promo on um, Rampage this week. Mm -hmm. Jamie Hayter uh, said, look at my face. I never saw that as an interim championship. Look at the bruises. Um, I treated it like the world title because as far as I was concerned, it always was. That was good. That was good shit. I don't know if I understood the idea. And maybe they couldn't do it before Full Gear, but I feel like they should have made the the Rosa announcement before Full Gear. I don't know the right. I don't know the specifics of why they didn't, so I don't want to get into they when they should have did it, even though I just said that. But I feel like if they could have, they should have done it before Full Gear. So we went into Full Gear knowing Tony was going to be uh, was lineal champion, and I feel like that would have added more stakes to that match. But I feel like the way it was done, it was just kind of like it left us with more questions than anything because it was like. All right, well, here's this announcement that Rose is not champion. And right afterwards, triumphant music for Jamie Hayter. And it was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And I was like, um, but what's going on with, with Rosa, though? Like, is, and that's why I was sitting there the whole time thinking, like, what's going on, though? What, and I feel like it's kind of the same thing with some of the elite stuff is that um, there's so much we still don't know, and there's so much that they have not addressed on television. And so I feel like the way that it looks is kind of like, uh, all right. I well, mean, I feel like they tried to lay it out as plainly as possible in that they, because uh, what I mean by that is if you just take this at face value, again, just taking it at face value without knowing anything else that's ever taken place behind the scenes. Face value, what they said was uh, initially Thunder Rosa had an injury. She didn't know how long she was going to be out. Um, and therefore, we're going to crown an interim champion. At this stage now, and then that was the way Renee put it, was at this stage now, knowing the extent of her injuries, we now know that uh, it could be an extended period of time. So therefore, we've made the decision and she has agreed to relinquish the title. So just at face value, it just looks like, hey, we didn't know how bad the injury was. So we kept her interim champion. Now that we know, she's agreed to relinquish the belt. And I feel like as far as fans are concerned, anybody who doesn't know what's happening behind the scenes, I don't see why that's not enough for them. Yeah, I, I just, everything around it makes it kind of bizarre because you've got her still doing the busted open stuff and doing interviews. And um, you've got Tony saying the whole time that I should be lineal champion. It looks away, and that's why I'm like, uh. But even in looks... the busted open stuff, like every interview Tony St- or Thunder Rosa's done, she said in all of it, she was like, um, take it up with Tony. But I am just now learning to like run again. Um, and I don't yeah. think I'm going to be ready till February. And yeah. so, like, there's there's a lot there, and uh... yeah. See, this is again. This is I don't want to get back into the elite stuff, but this is what again, what makes it weird because they never address any of the punk and elite stuff on television. And so, if you don't pay attention to dirt sheets, you don't look at anything. All you know is these four guys were not on TV for two months, and then the elite comes back, and then they're trolling them, and it's like, all right. Well, what does that mean? And then some people might think, oh, that means that he's coming back. And that's why I'm like, if you don't clarify and you only do that part, it's a little bit risky. And 
That's all I'm asking. I know it makes I know it makes it look like I'm being a party pooper and I don't like fun. Again, I sat in the crowd and laughed hysterically at them doing all of this stuff. But at the same time, I was like, ah, uh, where are we going from here, though? You know, the thing I find interesting is this is somehow not the first time CM Punk disappears without any explanation. Because we think about this 2014 CM Punk's departure from WWE. It's 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 how he's managed to protect <laughs> his mystique in some ways with some of his fans because some of his fans will always look at it like oh we don't know the whole story but it's like uh, I don't know because yeah, nothing as far as his departure in 2014 was ever addressed you know CM Punk yeah um it was he was in the Rumble one night next night he's not there it was never talked about on screen they went to <laughs> Chicago that one time Paul Heyman came out to his music if you didn't follow behind the scenes stuff. What did you think happened? <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm like, yo, if you don't follow any of this stuff, it's just like, okay, he's gone. And they're trolling. And they're like, oh, what? That's why some people might have been cheering. Like, oh, this means he's coming back. And it's like, uh, I don't think that's what this means. Uh, Not necessarily. Um, yeah, it's it's all very, it's all messy. It's Jake just, Salazar <laughs> says, can we all agree CM Punk coming back on principle alone after what they did on Wednesday and telling to uh, and Kitty telling us to let it go, and then proceeding to bite pack. Like, come on, man, Punk, you got to do something. Um, <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. If if they're allowed to do that and he does not come back, um, it looks crazy. <laughs> it, <does. laughs> it looks crazy. And that's why I'm, it, it's not. I don't want people to read this as I'm mad that they did it. It's just that. I don't know if you should do that if you are not out of the woods yet. This was right. still just two months ago, and you don't know what the end goal is. You don't know where this is going. Like, imagine if you are in corporate and you're on the Bucks' side, and you've been on their side the whole time. That look, you guys didn't do anything wrong. Like, he just overreacted, and you're sitting at home watching them do this. You're probably fuming. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> mm -hmm. Hunter Tillman says, why do you think Jade kicked Kiera out of the baddies? Perhaps a potential feud brewing? Um, I don't know. Uh, I put out some feelers to get some answers. I'm still waiting on a definitive answer on that. Um, I saw Tasha Steele's tweet after uh, Kiera was kicked out um, out of some interest. So I don't get know. the gang back together? Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Kiera's going to team up with Bow Wow to go against him now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I did like the firing segment a lot because it was just so mean. It was just so like, it was. <laughs> it was so mean. Like I was surprised how mean it was. I was like, yo, right. she's been hanging with y'all since the beginning. You're just going to kick her out like that? that? Yeah. Mm. And, and and the worst part is Red didn't say nothing. No, uh, she did She just left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elvis uh, says, Jade got me watching wrestling after 20 years. Just saw the beautiful people. Who are some women I can check out on YouTube to catch up? Um, I don't understand that question because you said the yeah, beautiful people. Yeah, um, yeah. So are, are, is he saying somebody in that same vein that does kind of the same act? Yeah, I guess um, elaborate on that question because I don't know. And Brent I wants mean, to know how long we see Jade Street going for. Make it 50. Come on. Get, get yeah, she's got to get to 50. Get to a nice round number. Yeah. Um, I, but I mean, regardless if it's not 50, I, at this point, she will be champion um, heading into 2023. She's not losing. What, is the, uh, what number is she at now? Is she at 40? She's 41, 42. 41, 42. 41? Yeah. Mm. 
Um, Jake Salazar says at some point Swerve versus MJF got to happen, right? Uh, I mean, they're both really strong heels. I don't know when. Man, I was waiting for Max to come out and say anything because I think that's the funny thing that I keep seeing people saying that I'm mad that, that they trolled Chicago. Like, if, if MJF would have came out and did that and gave us a chance to boo him, great. <laughs> I think that mm. stuff is fun, but I don't want to keep talking about CM Punk. I think that's where yeah. I'm getting to. It's like we've talked about this guy ad nauseum for two months now. If he's not going to be on TV, <laughs> let's stop talking about him. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, people who are going to be on TV. Exactly. Well, let's talk about mm. Death Triangle and how great they've been. I don't want to talk yeah. about Punk and a match you're having with those three guys. It it does a disservice right. to them. Well, at right. least we have five more matches to go. And hey, I get to be at two of them. So, um, I, damn, I'll have been at three of the seven matches, uh, assuming it goes to seven. Uh, Anime Otaku says, talking about past champions, I have a theory that champion five would have been Brody Lee because F Hangman. Um, wow. Champion five was punk, right? So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't agree with that because. I don't think so. Um, I don't think it would have been that soon, no. Yeah. Um, look, Hangman's great, though. I, I, Hangman was a great champion, too. I think that yeah, Hangman was. was Hangman Hang- was champion four, so that's what I'm saying yeah. is that I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the end of, end of his message. That's why I said Hangman is great. Even though I disagree with what he did in that promo, he was a great champion. I actually think he was underrated as champion. Uh, I think he should have been on TV more. I feel like they weren't doing enough with him, um, especially in the way that like Moxley wrestles and is there every week. And there were weeks without Hangman at all. And right. uh, I would have wanted to see more. Ah, uh, I forgot that part. I forgot Brody. Yeah, Brody was doing the F Hangman thing. That's why. Oh, oh right, 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 Yeah. Oh, that's great. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, Brent Lockman says, Dax about to wrestle Speedball and Danielson in one week. Feels like 2022 is just on a victory lap at this point. Listen, Dax has been having a year, man. I've been saying that he's he's at least on the conversation of wrestler, wrestler of the year. I don't know if exactly. you can you could say he's had a better year than, like, Mox or uh, some other people like Osprey, but he's definitely in the conversation. Uh, Shane Monster says Brody Jr. will have the best wrestler origin story of all time. Also shocked they had Vance and Roosh wreck Uno's mask. Uh, think Andrade's back or nah? Um, I don't think Andrade's back, but I do think that uh, it was an intriguing angle. Um, um, you don't think he will be back? Uh, I don't. I mean, he could be back. Yeah, I, I think Tony's going to get his money's worth out of everybody. But um, as far as is he back in this moment? I don't think so. No, not now. It sounds like he's injured too, right? Is he? I that's what I thought I saw somewhere that he was injured. Hmm. Is um, he still uh, on lockdown? I thought he was. Uh, are we he was supposed suspended. to say that out loud? Yeah, I was like, I don't know if we're supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> 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 Brent Lockman said, did the Supernatural Warner connection make it easier to get that song? Um, I don't think it was easy to get that song at all. No. Uh, because they talked <laughs> yeah. about the fact that they didn't even know they had it until um, the day. They got of, denied pretty much. And then, you know. Yeah, they didn't know they had it until Full Gear. So and Getting a song like that is so hard and expensive. And, uh, yeah. I can't. I can't say enough how hard that entrance was. Like, yeah. I think part of the reason why I watch it over and over again is just us seeing the silhouette of them, and then when when Kenny raises up to do the the gun for the first time, and just like the excitement of it, and then when the pyro goes off, and you can see his uh 
his silhouette going, let's go. It was hard to say let's go with him because I'm like, yo, this is, this is hard as fuck, man. Like, this was hard. <laughs> hey, that was no, a great I, interest, I, man. I, you that know was. what's funny, though? So talking about the Kenny and Osprey announcement, that man will go an entire I – mean, he hasn't had a singles match since Hangman. This is going to be oh, – and all shit. of his other matches are already booked in place, so we know he's just going to get to you having trios matches until that match. This is Kenny's first oh. singles match since 2021. Yeah. First one-on-one match is about to be Osprey at the Check Tokyo on Dome. Dave Meltzer. He is not going to be okay after this. He is not going to be, <laughs> be okay. Check on Dave. Seven I mean, star Tokyo Dome. We know what it's about to happen. Yeah, again, that segment and watching that segment live and sitting up at whatever it was, four in the morning, excited about him. Uh, uh, come on, man. Osprey in the ring after a great match with Shota Umino, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Um, man, just super excited for Wrestle Kingdom, man. It's going to be a good show. Yeah. Phil came right to the group chat with that Kenny shit at that time to be like, hey, yo, it's what? Because I was like, yo, who else is up watching this? I'm like, yo, what's going on? Look, I, I you know, I, I had a long weekend in Newark. Uh, and so as soon as I got back to the Airbnb, um, I was probably up another. Denise was just like editing videos. And, uh, and so I was just like, I'm going to bed. Um, and I got up the next morning, saw that announcement. And it was like, whoa. What? Whoa, yeah. Crazy, great, crazy, crazy. Man, great, great, great uh, Saturday into Sunday morning of wrestling, man. A lot of great mm-hmm. wrestling on Saturday. And that crossover show was really good if people didn't like it. I think the, I mean, didn't watch it. Uh, I thought the main event and letting the women main event in such a historic way was great. Um, Kyrie getting her moment was great. And, you know, just the fact that she got to do that with uh, Mayu, who she's been a tag team partner with and has had rivalries with. It was a great moment. Uh, and Shanika says, Omega, Osprey, ooh-wee. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, we knew it was going to happen. We knew they weren't talking that shit at each other for no reason. Like, at some point, it was all going to happen. <laughs> him, him using the the <laughs> using the locker room meeting to shoot at Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But Amazing. again, like, yo, yeah. this is a serious moment where we're all in here for this 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 meeting. And it was like, nah, by the way, it's still fuck ass brain. <laughs> 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 what? Yeah. And hey, we're finally getting it. This is so exciting. Yozora Hart mm-hmm. says, if the elite tried to work a regular good match as faces while ignoring the elephant in the room, the crowd would have hijacked the match. Um, no, nobody's I mean, saying they should have stayed. I just, I just said that I don't think the psychology its spots in that match worked. That's all I said. And I think that it's not a great idea to troll this guy if you don't know if he's coming back. Uh, Hala says, uh, any chance we see Ibushi come back at Wrestle Kingdom since he's been referenced in the build to Kenny Osprey, or is that door closed forever? I don't know. It got kind of dicey over there with New Japan and and Ibushi, but... yeah, I don't know if, if he's healthy enough to come back yet because he was still nursing that injury. That was the reason mm-hmm. he was out in the first place. Um, I don't know, but this is this is shaping up to be crazy because uh, FDR is clearly going to be on this card as well. Yeah. Uh, we could possibly see Machine Gun at Wrestle Kingdom. I know. This is going to be wild, man. I mean, we and, and that itself, I mean, and we've got uh, Chris Bay and 
and Austin are looking great in the junior tag tournament, we could possibly see Impact wrestlers, AEW wrestlers, and WWE wrestlers at Wrestle Kingdom. That's the true Forbidden Door. Uh, Japan is the Forbidden Door. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that Noah's in a working relationship with AEW, but they got um, Shinsuke Nakamura working. Like, man. That, yeah. Graham says Young Bucks coming out with muffins on Wednesday. Do Chaos it. Control I says, so. I, Do think the, I think the elite have been trolls and trolled. That's been them. What they did during the match wasn't nothing more or less than the usual. Yeah, uh, that's them. And the, let's see what else we got here. Dream Ninja 77 says, nah, Hangman's promo didn't feel like he was going off script at the time. Didn't know it was an issue until after Punk calling out Hangman. That's a lot of people who saw it that way. Um, again, it's one of those, like, if you were in the know kind of things, you probably knew. Uh, Brent Lockman says the only innocent one is Larry. I think we can agree on that. Although, I mean, I don't know. He got out during All Out uh, or right during the pre-show. I mean, that he was up to some trouble, Larry was. Mm-hmm. Chris Alston says, is CM Punk in Elite Drama the new Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels for this era, but even more petty? I don't know if it's more petty when you think about some of the shit that went down. With, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's definitely that thing where people have now picked their sides and they're staying on their sides. And to be clear, because I think people think in everything I'm saying, I'm on Punk's side. To be clear, is it's not that I want to be firmly on either side. I just want it to fucking go away and people start wrestling again. <laughs> That's what I want. I don't want this to still be a thing. Uh, Albert Pont says, when Jay does lose her title, do you give it to a former champ or give the opportunity to another young star like Willow, Blue, Velvet, or Hogan? I mean, I, like Willow is still my answer. I think that especially now that she's 0-2 against Jade, like I want to do a third time's the charm kind of story. Um, right. I still think it should be given to an up-and-comer unless you do sign Sasha Banks. Then I would say, then that's still kind of the story. Hey, gotcha. yeah, <laughs> like right. that's pretty much it. And we're about to talk about Survivor Series, but C. Romero says, sup, fellas, took my three preteen nephews to Dynamite in Chicago, stopped by just to quote Will from Dad this week, Fuck John Moxley. Nah, fuck you. Yeah, I agree. I, I said, like, look, man, I thought that was an aggressive chant at Newark uh, in full gear. Um, but chin, fuck John Moxley, like, yeah, was nah. Crazy. Yeah, why would you chant that at Moxley? That was um, like, it's not that j- I get it. The crowd was on MJF's side. But fuck John Moxley was too much. That, um, yeah, that was crazy. I yeah, Redmond says, thoughts on the second Wrestle Kingdom 17 show, AEW crossover show? Wait, second? Wrestle Is there Kingdom a second? I think it's only one night this year. I, I'm, unless yeah. I'm misunderstanding this question. Um, if there's another crossover show, like I feel like they've got to do Madison Square Garden this year. If that's not the plan, I feel like it should be. Um, yeah, it's not going to be happening on January 5th, though, because AEW has to show on January 4th, and there's no way to right. do it. Yeah. That, but if, so. they're, if they're doing another Forbidden Door, uh, I think Madison Square Garden would be awesome. Uh, a couple more, uh, and then we got to talk Survivor Series. But uh, actually, let's talk Survivor Series, and I'll read these last ones. So, Survivor Series coming up tonight live TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Very uh, big moment happened last night on SmackDown to make this a very big, huge show. Something we has got changed. Re- Someone turn. has returned. Becky Lynch is back. I'm glad mm-hmm. she ain't swimming upstream no more. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Phil was a bigger fan of it than I was, but honestly, Becky should have never been a heel. I wouldn't have turned Becky heel at really 
any point, especially last year. I think that she's just she's it's been an uphill battle. It's been swimming upstream. Fans have been wanting to cheer Becky Lynch. Don't fight it. Let yeah, them cheer I, Becky Lynch. I, I think it was worth it in the long run. Cause I, I think the 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 feud we got out of Bianca and Becky ended up being worth it. I don't like how they started it, but I think it was worth it in the long run. I think it gave uh Becky something good to do in the meantime of coming back instead of just hoping and praying we're getting this Ronda thing that didn't happen. Um, and I, I think the journey of her coming back from being a mother and being insecure and having to find herself again is a good story. Um, but I also think that's a story I, I wanted to cheer for, I guess. I was not a fan of Big Time Bex, honestly. I think that um, I think the work was all great. Uh, I didn't like the any other stuff she was doing character-wise, though. Um, you didn't like female Rollins? <laughs> But I don't think it was female Rollins. I think the story was pretty clear. I think the story was that she came back and she was insecure about whether she could still do this. And she was jealous of Bianca. And that was it. That was the whole story. And I feel like some of the promos she cut during that time were great. I think her leaning into, I am the biggest star in this division. And so I'm going to ham it up as much as possible was great. I didn't, I, I didn't I like the great. hamming up stuff. That wasn't for me. Um, but I'm glad to see her back. I was overjoyed. Uh, I mean, it was on a 10-minute delay last night due to the um, the college football game running long. And as a result of that, uh, the people who were getting it live had already spoiled it. So I was already seeing all over Twitter, Becky's back. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that hasn't aired yet here. But okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I had um, to go back and rewatch it. Like, if you watched it on Hulu, it, it completely cut off her entire segment. You had to go back and watch it later. Oh. Um, yeah, so for me, weird. it was, I watched it. Uh, it started SmackDown just started ten minutes late. It started from the beginning yeah. on a ten minute delay, so uh, I I did get to see it, but Can't. I didn't get to watch SmackDown in full live. Um, <laughs> we saw Can't. a so looking at the card. It's a very short card, but that's because two of these matches are going to be really long. Um, mm -hmm. But going over the card, we're going to see likely the opener women's war games match team bianca belair which consists of bianca alexa bliss oscar mia yim and becky lynch taking on the team of team damage control which consists of damage control nikki cross and rhea ripley i think this is going to be an all-timer as far as the women's war games matches are concerned it's going to be an amazing match looking at who's in it uh and we have some war games veterans in here and uh you know and couple of them are on the same team because we got dakota in here we've got uh eo in here i think this will deliver and i'm excited for it i think it was smart on wwe's part to uh, again get the elephant out of the room uh addressing look i went from 90 percent sure sasha was headed back that 90 is now 30 um, and the I reason say that that low, thirty is low. <laughs> you know why? You know why it's that low for me now? Because there's no better place to bring her back than sold out right. TD Garden, and WWE knows that. And if it's mm -hmm. not here, where else? Unless, unless the unless it's in the Rumble, I'd say this is bigger than the Rumble, just because it's her hometown. So. Just because it's I, her hometown. I, I, like the, I think like it's w a bigger surprise in the Rumble. I don't think anybody's expecting it in the Rumble. I think it's a bigger surprise in the Rumble. But think about like WWE even knew like when Cena came back 08, right? Which was also at Survivor Series. Boston TD Garden, same arena, actually. But they knew, hey, we got Cena coming back, and we're doing Survivor Series in his hometown. 
Cena has to return to Survivor Series in his hometown. That was like, well, wasn't even a question. They knew that they had these two things and they aligned. Let's do it. If she were ready to come back right now and you're not doing it right now, I don't think it's happening. Um, or at least I feel less likely that it's happening now. Um, so yeah. maybe the Rumble is it, but I feel like this would have been the bigger I, time to do it. I, and I'm, get at hurt. About, I'm about 80, 75%. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say I'm as low. I'm about a 75%. Um, I went from I, 90 to 30. I feel like I was I, high and now. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about last night is that um, it illuminated how much SmackDown needs Becky Lynch because yes. nobody else off of SmackDown is in the War Games match for the women. Um, are are uh, you kidding me? The Raw SmackDown, or the SmackDown Women's Division is in the toilet. That, it's, like, it's that promo that Ronda and... Um, and Shayna cut, like I said, I said this, I said this a few months ago when leading up to Extreme Rules, when you had Bianca appearing on SmackDown and she felt like more of the champion than Liv did, uh, it like that's the reason I am on the I'm on the side of oh just merge those titles because at this point Bianca feels like the champion and. Uh, she feels like she can appear on Raw or SmackDown and not lose a beat. Whereas on the SmackDown side, and that's not even to say Ronda's not a star because Ronda is a star, but she does not feel like the champion that Bianca feels like. She doesn't. But I think you should just have one champion at this stage. She doesn't, but my fear is if they merge the titles, you know who they're going to pick, and it's not going to be Bianca. They're going to pick Ronda to be the main champion, and that's going to be I, I, I don't <laughs> know that they would do so now just because of how big Bianca feels. and they. Uh, well, fact... <laughs> well, because it feels like they're building to – Ronda versus Becky at WrestleMania. Or, so, you know, you can make the SmackDown women's title like the Intercontinental Women's Championship. And then... Yeah, uh, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but I'd be fine with them, that too. Merging them scares me because I they make they make bad <laughs> decisions when they decide only one person has to be champion. Um, I think Bianca feels like the champ. And that's... that's she does. Um, uh, as far as winner is concerned, I feel like Team Bianca has to win this. Yeah. Um, I just... Um, yeah. Damage control is going to be in the mud, though. That's bad. Like, holding all this up to lose, you know? That's that's what I was about to say. I disagree because I feel like if damage control loses here, it's kind of curtains for them. Because I I feel like they need a a big win here more than anybody on Team Bianca needs a win. Um, Bianca still looks like a strong champion, even if her team loses. Um, I, I don't think that you can say the same thing about damage control at all i think this loss hurts them a lot um so i think they're gonna win um, but what do they I, do win and give uh bailey another shot we already know she can't beat bianca no nah, I, I honestly think that this is becky's comeback victory and that she just mm-hmm. wins i could see maybe some shenanigans with like beth phoenix interfering costing Rhea the match or something along those lines but uh yeah. i think i think yeah. becky coming back like this gets the win we also have, in a three-way for the United States Championship, Seth freaking Rollins defending the title against Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Um, yeah, I mean, look. Again, hate how they took the briefcase off of him. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it was a necessary evil because Theory has been a thousand times better <laughs> he has since been. then. And so the I could see him winning, to be honest. Yeah. I, I actually... I actually don't think he's gonna win. I think that uh, I think that Rollins is gonna retain because I think they're gonna keep going either into the feud with Lashley, 
Or are they going to try this feud with Ali that is clearly not working? Not um, at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so sorry for Ali, but damn. It is well, they put, him, they put against the, him against the wrong guy because right. it would work if this was a few months ago when Rollins was just healing it up. But now right. he's getting cheered so loud. Like, you're mm-hmm. not... You're not gonna get Ali over that way. It's just not gonna work. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm picking Rollins to retain here. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have. Oh, I, four, and I, I say I say theory um, wins it here. Theory. I think. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Uh, are we potentially getting Cody Rollins at WrestleMania? Because I keep seeing that rumor oh, get thrown around. Not. I, I hope not either. Uh, but yeah, uh, I hope not just idea. because I just there's nothing else to do. The, you mm-hmm. did it all, um, and Rollins definitively cannot beat Cody. We know right. that it's he's zero and three. Uh, he, Cody won with one arm. There's nothing left. Yeah, yeah just, I, I hope right. they don't either, but. Um, it's just certain things like him continuing to, um, jab at Cody. I'm like, Oh, please, please just don't, just don't just move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have four. Oh yeah. We got AJ styles one-on-one with Finn Balor. Hot, 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 hot. Um, it's going to be great. Match. The first time these guys yeah. face each other, uh, back at, what was that? TLC in mm-hmm. 2017. Um, and that was a match that they did on no notice. It was a very quick, like, hey, we ain't got Bray. Styles, you need to fly into town and do this match. And uh, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Styles was later rewarded with that, like a month later, with the, or like two weeks later, with the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, the, I think that was the night Styles proved that he was uh, one of the most reliable guys WWE had. Because uh, he'd only been in the company like a year and a half at that point. But I think Vince knew at that stage, damn, he's my guy. Mm-hmm. So seeing this match here this time, I think will probably be match of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be good. Um, I This is a tough one to call because I'm tempted to say that AJ needs a win because AJ loses a lot, as we've seen in that graphic that went up that he has not had a pay-per-view win in almost three years. Um, So I kind of think he needs this win. (laughs) Um, But it's kind of like, where do you go from here, even if he wins? Mm Because they're not going to just end the Finn stuff here. I am reluctantly going to say AJ is going to win this. I feel like AJ should win because the OC haven't won anything since they've been back. (laughs) And and like AJ got pinned by Dominic Mysterio. Like, nah, we've got to give him something here. So, yeah. And I mean, they essentially got what they wanted because Rhea is out of the way because Mia got her to go and participate in the war games match. And so, You know, it's it's a nice story to say that AJ won without Rhea Ripley in a way. AJ. Uh, and the match I'm unfortunately least interested in, SmackDown Women's title on the line, Ronda Rousey <laughs> versus Shotzi. Shout out to Shotzi, Oakland. But uh, yeah, this match is nothing. I mean, this is this is an obvious pick. <laughs> Ronda's winning this match. Um, everything around what they did with Ronda this week was so dumb. The, the backstage segment of injuring... Um, <laughs> Injuring Raquel before the match and then starting a handicap match. It made no sense for Shotzi to want that match. And so she starts the handicap match. 
And then Raquel runs down there with an injured arm anyway to participate in the match. And God, it was so bad. Every, everything about it was bad. The promo was bad. <sighs> I, and it's, it's bad because I do think that Ronda is on a better trajectory of the heel. It's, it's weird that I feel like her and Becky are kind of flipped that they told a good, interesting story of her trying to be a good guy and it didn't work and her just going back to being heel. And that's good. But boy, that promo was bad. <laughs> Men's War Games. This is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. We've got Sheamus, Ridge Holland, Butch, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodlines, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, The Usos, and Sami Zayn. I'll tell you what. There was a segment on SmackDown last night. I don't particularly care for this kind of stuff because, again, I hate the idea of acting like people can't see a camera in front of them. <laughs> Jade peeking through the door. <laughs> Jade, peek, Jade peeking through the door, and I'm like, y'all know there's a camera right here that could just see all of this? I hate that uh, because, look, one way or the other, because sometimes wrestlers, most of the time, wrestlers will talk directly into the camera when they're doing a promo. So we've already established wrestlers know where the camera is. So like when they try to have like secret conversations, but there's a camera in front of them, drives me nuts. I like the content of it. I liked Sami Zayn trying to um, get away from Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens basically telling him like, look, you got to strike before they strike you. Um, I thought all the content of that was great. Again, I just hated them having this conversation directly in front of the camera. That shit to me is like, uh, that that is what it is. Did we lose your Reg? Is that what happened here? <laughs> yeah, his his AirPods um, died on him. So, I uh, I I think that uh, I think that it's actually going to be match of the night. I'm I'm assuming the men's war game match is going to be the best match of the night. And I think that uh, the bloodline are going to do something to have Kevin Owens in peril. And I think Sammy is going to reluctantly save him because he's his, he's his friend. He's his best friend. And I think that's going to leave him open for come up later from the bloodline. But I don't feel oh, like, no. I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if I feel like Sammy's going to take the pin. I think he's going to do something here to save Kevin Owens, and they're all going to be looking at him like, what did you do? Yeah, I think this is the night. This is what leads to the end of Sammy in the bloodline and starts the build to uh, Sammy uh, and Kevin versus the Usos because I think Sammy and Kevin are the ones to take the belts, and I think we are on the path for that now. Um, They are saying in the chat, by the way, as far as the second Wrestle Kingdom show is concerned, uh, talking about the fact that, yeah, there's a second one, uh, night two, but it's not the next night. It's three weeks later. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. So, yeah, we do have a second Wrestle Kingdom show, end of January. Um, God, what's going to be on that card? Uh, Because, look, there's a piece of me. My wife did a count uh, at, you know, every Thanksgiving, stand around. We give our thanks for everything. I'm sure all families do that. Uh, But she was like, and I'm really thankful that Will has the ability this year to have taken 14 trips. And I won't. 14? I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, (laughs) She was like, yeah, you went on 14 wrestling trips this year. 
Yeah, I guess well, I did. She trying to she trying to throw that out there like, yeah, you've been on fourteen chips. Throw your ass at home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she she's been with too. Because um, she's coming to uh, to Revolution. Um, because there's some stuff in Northern California she's been wanting to see, so we're gonna uh, plan around that trip. Um, she's probably coming to WrestleMania this year too. And all right, there's a piece of me. I said all this to say that I don't know if I can pull it off in six weeks, but there's a piece of me that has been researching how I can pull off being at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom January fourth. If I can pull that off. That would be good. Look, me and my best friend, we we were talking about we we had a plan, which was 2021. We were going to Wrestle Kingdom, and then of course there was no way to attend Wrestle Kingdom 2021. But that was our plan. We been talking. We started talking about 2019. We're like, okay, but end of 2019. We're like, in a year and a half, we will be at Wrestle Kingdom, and then all of it fell apart. And so we didn't re-energize those plans. We were talking about maybe 2024 of pulling off Wrestle Kingdom. But it's like, I don't get to see Kit. I don't know what they're going to do at Wrestle Kingdom 2024. But I do know that it ain't going to have Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mayu versus uh, Tam Nakano in the Dome. The, the first ever IWGP Women's Championship in the Dome. That does sound pretty special. And I'm, I'm assuming we're probably going to get FTR versus Aussie Open too, possibly. Um, that sounds like a good card. Um, if I had to guess why they're doing the second card is because they're having Wrestle Kingdom that same week as the Seattle show. So I'm assuming the next show was to get one Brian Danielson into Japan to get his match with Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Why did that just get me so giddy? Uh, that's exciting. Uh, let's see. Reggie Simmons says, was that the thanks, uh, the show Thanksgiving Eve? The energy was amazing. Shout out to my fellow Chicagoan, Phil. Chicago is the Mecca. It's absolutely um, the Mecca. I think if this showed everything that, Man, Chicago is a great wrestling town, man. Like, I just think uh, for for them to get like a packed crowd like that the day before Thanksgiving, and to get like such a lively crowd to get such great energy for that match and throughout the show, I think it was cool. It was cool to be there. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, folks. Uh, but because you know AEW's attendance has been the talk of the last few weeks. The show in um, Bridgeport, Connecticut, did really poorly. Uh, and ticket sales have pretty much been down across the board. But I'm pretty sure, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, between Raw, SmackDown, and Dynamite this week, Dynamite Chicago was the most attended show this week. Between I don't know. Um, yeah, that that's weird. I know man. it definitely had a bigger attendance than, than Raw. Um, I know last I checked it was behind, or that SmackDown was behind it. But Really, though? Because Wintrust isn't that big of an arena. It. It did, did it? but but they did over six thousand this week, and wow. uh, I know that Raw did. Hold on, I can just look it up rather than just talk out of my ass. Um, let's see, where was Raw this week? I don't know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so Dynamite did final count was six thousand sixty. And I don't think either Raw or SmackDown hit 6,000 this week. It could have, but I don't yeah. believe it did. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting because uh, 
about a month ago, people were talking about how AEW is burning out markets and, and maybe Chicago is tired of AEW. I don't, I didn't get that opinion at all. And I thought people were wild for saying that at the time. I'm like, no, Chicago is going to show up at these shows. Chicago is an AEW crowd. And that's why, again, I think it's wild to be like, no, Chicago is just punk town. No, Chicago loves AEW. Chicago loves the elite. It's not just a punk town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Raw was in Albany, New York, and that show did 5,700. So it was all pretty close to each other. Um, I know, man. So not, what was Can the I'm... final? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, uh, 5,900. So it was like right behind. Yeah, they were very close to each other. And so I'm curious what SmackDown did this week. But either way, again, it was like, that's probably still going to be true for AEW. I think this coming week in Indianapolis, they're down. I think week after that in where are they? The week after that, Austin, Texas. I think they're down from previous ones. Denver's up surprisingly, but uh, uh, the Chicago. This was definitely better than the last one with the snowstorm for sure. They actually yeah. did pretty good. I, I think Wintrust snowstorm. <laughs> I'll say this, Wintrust to me, again, never been to Wintrust, uh, but just watching it on TV, that's one of my favorite venues to watch on TV, and I'll tell you why. I think that um, AEW just drawing, you know, if you sell out that building, and it looks like such an intimate building, but you can see everybody in it, it's just such a really cool-looking venue in terms of... uh, having everybody around and and having uh that many people in such close quarters and it all sounds really loud now nah, i love that venue i think that uh, uh it's yeah. just very cool looking i love when trust you don't have to go and commute all the way outside the city it's actually in chicago um it's in the downtown yeah. area i i like when trust a lot um so every time they do it a show at when trust i try to go Yep. Uh, Orion Ben 666 says, someone want to tell Sammy that he on TV? We see you. I know. <laughs> yeah, him having that sad look on his face afterwards. And um, yeah, I I really feel like Sammy's going to do something to break everybody's trust in this episode. Yeah. It's going to be his thing that has him on the outs. It should be fun, and, though. And Jay's going to be running around saying, I told you. I told you we couldn't trust the dude. <laughs> Albert says the two war games match. Oh, I love Jay at the end of SmackDown, by the way. The way that like everybody's looking at their opponents, but Jay is just looking at Sammy the whole time. Jay is great, man. Great shit. Jay, Jay. is phenomenal. Jay <laughs> is fantastic, man. <laughs> Ultimate hater. Yeah. Uh, he says the two war games matches will be fire, triple threat as well. Tired of JD and Shotzi. Um, I love, but will, uh, but this will be a five-minute squash. Um, Santos versus Ricochet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shout out Ricochet got the victory over Braun. They even I referenced f- the tweet. I um, forgot that part. We were, we were wrong because we all thought that Braun was winning that match. Um, I'm happy that I'm wrong, but again, you got to put shenanigans in there for Ricochet to win and you can't just have him beat him because reasons, but whatever. Leonard Aaron says the answer regarding Sasha has been staring everyone in the face from the jump and nobody's acknowledging it. She's not coming back. You don't change your social media handle if you're returning. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that part is true. She, but she's coming back to wrestling. I just don't know. I where. think she's going to wrestle again. She, but she's I, definitely going to wrestle again. She's been she's been working. She's been in, in in the ring working out. The way my percentage kept lowering, I will say, because it wasn't just the the Becky Lynch thing. It was also last week we saw pictures that Sasha posted with Bailey, and I thought, you know, 
if these were two people who are going to be on opposite sides of each other anytime soon, um, yeah. they wouldn't necessarily want to be seen photographed together. But right now, they don't seem to care. And I think it's because they haven't got nothing to do with each other on screen. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, and I think just, that's they, they are trying to tell us that. Yeah, I, I'm ready for her to come back to wrestling in a big way. Um, and so it might have been wishful thinking that we were going to get this big uh, Boss Town uh, reaction for her. Uh, but I definitely think she will be back in wrestling in some form uh, soon, uh, if not next year. Uh, let's see. We finally got... Did I read this one? No, I didn't. Okay, so two more. We got D'Lo Diggs says, hope everyone is well and everyone's mental health is all right. My fiance hates me for bumping you name it before Thanksgiving dinner. Um, one love. Also, <laughs> uh, also, how deep y'all think Kyrie's reign will go? I don't know. I definitely think she's going to win at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I like what they're doing with her so far and that they are using her to highlight other uh stardom wrestlers that just held titles like tam was just uh had the white belt for a while and then utami also challenged her and she was red belt champion for a minute um so i think she is just going to hold it until she gets overwhelmed by somebody um but she still got a rematch possibly with sayakamitami so i don't know um it's hard to tell it's hard to tell because i don't know how much uh how much they're gonna tour with that belt i think that's gonna that's gonna really indicate how long she's going to hold it. Uh, let's see. We've got Carlos says, uh, I want to send y'all love. Uh, I can't wait for Revolution to be in San Francisco, and I'm eager to get those tickets. I do like uh, the Lucha Bros were showcased, but I've been feeling both Penta and Phoenix need to be in the main event scene for a while. Yeah, that's the other thing. Chicago has a huge lucha fan base um i don't know if you guys could see on tv but there's a huge mexico flag out there those guys are there all, like front row all the time yeah like there are there are people that want to go out there and cheer their heart out for the lucha bros and i kind of that's the atmosphere that i thought we were getting i thought we were going to get oh man this is great you know kind of like what we got at um all out where was the dueling chance we did not get that at all <laughs> no uh and let's see van twin blade says a block of oak is better in the ring than braun i am wow. the supreme braun hater so a block I mean, of oak i i will say i think that braun braun looks better than when before he left he he looks more explosive i think that he's in better shape um i just think they've got to get him in a worthwhile feud at this point he hasn't really done anything um rivalry wise that's gotten me interested other than like right. just doing the squashes I mean, you know, I, I think like it's clear Hunter's booking is better. Um, I am ready to see a meaningful rivalry take place yeah. in that uh, we haven't really gotten that at all. Um, I feel like the only like definitive rivalry that's even happening on screen right now is uh, Gargano and Miz and. That is not for me. What do you mean for in, in the entire company? In between Raw and SmackDown, uh, what I guess rivalry is taking place right now? 
Um, I would say that they're definitely still building up uh, everybody versus Roman. So I feel like Sheamus is going to be the rivalry. Right. At some point, I think there are multiple rivalries that will come out of what's taking place right now. I just don't feel like there's a direct one taking place right now. Like, I think Sammy's going to have the most compelling story probably in all of professional wrestling going into coming out of Survivor Series. And I think that that is still the most interesting stuff in professional wrestling right now. I just don't feel like there's a direct heated rivalry going on right now. Um, other yeah. than maybe Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. I guess uh, I guess Bianca Bailey, I guess they're going to wrap that up, though, tonight. But that's the closest mm-hmm. I can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so th- there's stuff I'm still kind of waiting on as far as Hunter's regime is concerned. Um, we did a big grading of all of the returns. Uh, and, you know, I think there's still a question of what's working, what isn't. Uh, yeah. I feel a lot for Hit Row in that. Did you see the the reaction to the the most recent rap they put out? Bad. It sucks because I don't think I I still don't think some of this is their fault. I don't think that they. It's the same thing that that we just said with Braun. They haven't really had a definitive rivalry with anybody since they came back. Um, mm-hmm. They've just been thrown in random one offs, and they're losing a lot, and that's not helping them. Um, I think if they were a hotter act and they were actually doing something interesting in ring, people would be more forgiving. Um, but they're not really doing anything worthwhile with most of the tag teams. Um, it, it sucks. Uh, I, I am very hesitant to jump on triple H as a booker yet because I still think that he needs about a year. I don't think, yeah, I, can... I'm not going to jump on it. Yeah. I, I, this I, I isn't, this yeah. is more just me saying I'm waiting, uh, not right. saying like, Oh, this sucks. Cause I think no booker, especially a booker who has to take over for somebody else. And yeah. so you have the responsibility of not only establishing your own stuff, but wrapping up the old stuff. Um, so, you know, I I do feel like Reg is starting to be vindicated a little bit on Bray in that. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, and what I mean by this. How much time is, do we have? <laughs> and what I mean by this, as far as Bray is concerned, is that I'm starting to see from a lot of people hey, are you going to, like, do something in the ring because we're kind of waiting for it? Um, We're still watching a wrestling show, and it's not even to say we need, like, a five-star match, but we are kind of waiting to see, like, are you going to have one at all? Uh, Well, my assumption is that He's still getting in ring shape because we've been seeing him getting slimmer and slimmer every week. Mm -hmm. So I don't think... Oh, and shout out to, by the way, shout out Top Dollar because he lost a lot of weight from the time he returned to like looking at him last night, completely different guy. And as somebody who uh, is currently doing the same thing, although again, Thanksgiving, um, (laughs) no, I, 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 that's, that's really cool. And yeah, man, look, I like top dollar. I, I, I think top dollar is great. Um, I just don't think that hit row has been put in a position to succeed. Um, Right. Yeah, Bray I, might be getting in ring shape. I think that's probably I, right. I think that Bray is still getting in ring shape. I think that's the best um, guess I have is that they brought him back before he was he was absolutely ready to get in the ring again. So I think it's just a matter of keeping him on TV and keeping him um, visible and relevant before he actually has a match. My question to you guys, because I was sitting here thinking all the time, like when do we actually get a pay-per-view match? Because he's now been back for, what, a month? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, no, he's been back. He be- returned beginning of October. So, so, like, it's we're going on two months. Two months. And, two months almost. Uh, uh, we've seen since. So he had the Extreme Rules return. But then we've also since Extreme Rules seen there's been Crown Jewel. Um, and what was before Crown Jewel? I don't even remember. Was it? Uh, Extreme Rules? Where was it? Um, so it was just okay. So it's just been Crown Jewel so far, and now Survivor Series, um, and then we don't have another one till Rumble. So maybe he'll, yeah. maybe uh, at the Rumble he's wrestling because there's yeah, no pay per view to end this year. Um, I don't know. Um, I do think that they've got to figure out where are we going with the story because I'm not down on Bray, but I do feel like they are dragging on development because we it feels like he's been cutting very similar promos every week mm-hmm. and they're not yeah, bad I, promos it's just like okay where are we going with this though uh yeah i'm not saying any of this is bad but what i am saying when i say reg is feeling a little bit vindicated um is that i can see a lot of the questions being asked now i can see a lot of like okay what are we doing are you gonna wrestle anybody um and I I did think that the L.A. Knight thing was really funny. Him, not just him coming out and, and suckering him and slapping him, but I I absolutely loved the cut back to him on the ground covered in garbage. I thought that was hilarious. Um, it immediately reminded me of uh, the Simpsons episode with uh <laughs> with Millhouse passing a uh, note up. Somebody likes you, and then it just cut back to him <laughs> stretcher. That is one of my favorite episodes, by the way. I love that. <laughs> Um, Lisa likes Nelson. He does not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do think that stuff is fun. It's funny. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know if I would have picked L.A. Knight as the first guy for him. I feel like L.A. Knight should have gotten a feud under his belt first because I don't think the L.A. Knight's going to win the match. So mm-hmm. why would you set him I, up to I, fail I so like soon? To, I would like to have seen L.A. Knight get a little more over before this because I right. still feel yeah. like to the grand audience la night is still a new act um mm-hmm. that it's like you know and that's just statistically true right there's nxt has one quarter of smackdown's viewership and so it's very clear that not a whole lot of people who watch smackdown watch nxt and so la night being introduced to the wider audience is still a very new concept and uh I think I would have done a little bit more to establish him before throwing him in with Bray, who the fans are going to want to see win all of this. Uh, let's see, super chat. Um, Albert says, "I feel too many returns were brought back to avoid or to an already bloated roster. So Jinder, Ali, Cedric, Raquel, Lacey continue to be jobbers now. Hit Row are also. Um, yeah, I think that they uh." brought a lot of people back without plans like man we haven't seen Lacey in a while uh, but smackdown's women's division is a mess uh it right. needs work yes um i think it i think it says a lot like i said that becky came back on smackdown because that's really her claim to fame as the man was on smackdown um and so i feel like that is the sign if anybody was looking for it that she's going back to smackdown right yeah, i can see that and you know they got to get this uh Ronda and Becky thing off the ground before WrestleMania, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the WrestleMania plan. Hey, folks, want to remind everybody, in case you didn't get enough of me talking about Survivor Series, uh, I will be hosting tonight's Fightful Survivor Series post-show alongside with my partner in crime, Denise Salcedo, and then tomorrow, 
um, Denise and I will regroup for another edition of After the Week. So um, if you haven't gotten enough Denise and Will, don't worry. There's plenty tonight and tomorrow. Um, and so check us out again, Fightful Post Show, youtube.com slash Fightful, immediately following Survivor Series. Uh, also, as I said at the top of the show, it's Mariah season. Get your Mariah on. If you haven't listened yeah. to All I Want for Christmas is You yet, what are you doing? I'm so definitely, <laughs> I definitely have not because I'm not one of those people that immediately moves on to Christmas after Thanksgiving is over. I just put my tree up last night. Like I uh, <laughs> straight up on on, on Christmas and uh, just listening to my Christmas albums. <laughs> what do you What, what do you mean? Where's Emma? They're They're building to the Emma and uh, and Madcap Moss uh, love storyline. What do you mean? Oh God! Very clear where, where Emma is. Mm-hmm. MC. Anyway, yeah. I, I no, this is look, I I have a big moratorium on Christmas until Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is I, I love family and I love getting together. But day after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas time, baby. I listened to Christmas and Hollis last night. My whole workout playlist was all Christmas music. It was <laughs> a good time. Um because oddly enough as much as I would love to say All I Want for Christmas is You is my favorite Christmas song because it's Mariah Carey, it's actually not. Favorite Christmas song is actually This Christmas, Donny Hathaway. Um, that's the one I grew up Classic. with. That mm-hmm. is uh, a very... That one just hits my heart every time and like triggers all these great Christmas memories, so that's that's the yeah. one for me, actually. Do- Donny Hathaway, not not Chris Brown, doing his rendition mm-hmm. of Donny Hathaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And no, that's, not, that's not a knock at Chris Brown, just let the classic be a classic. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's it's and Donny Hathaway's the one I grew up with anyway, so um, that will always mean a little bit more to me. Uh, my daughter actually liked Chris Brown's version better, but she's a kid. She she's younger than us, so I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have I to, mean, have she's... to calm down. But I that that just like makes my brain like like what. <laughs> Well, what's funny too is that um, the uh, hold on, I got to respond to this. Yeah, uh, that's but like, anyway, that's almost like saying you like the Beyonce version of the Frankie Beverly is Maze record. Like, nah, mm. come on, let's wait a minute. <laughs> well, so my daughter's favorite song altogether, her favorite Christmas song is "What Christmas Means to Me," right? But like the so I'm like, oh yeah, Stevie Wonder. That's what I grew up with, and she's like. Yeah, sure, that one is fine, uh, but <laughs> because it's been covered so many different times, but whatever. Either way, I hope you guys get to have an incredible season. Next time you get to hear from the three of us is actually going to be this coming Thursday. You're getting to Ask Rhapsody back-to-back weeks, baby. Um, or that might not be the next time you hear from us because we got a little thing we're recording this week. But uh, we, we got stuff coming up this uh this last stretch of the year is going to be a phenomenal stretch for your boys. And I'll be at home in Oakland with regular audio. Yes, he will be. (laughs) (laughs) But Reg, you go enjoy the rest of Vegas and do what you're going to do for your weekend. Don't be in them streets too much. Uh, Somebody said it looked like you're in a shower, and I just can't stop laughing. At it. 
Y'all leave me alone, man. <laughs> Philip Lindsay, thank you so much. Again, you guys come back into the night. I will be reviewing uh, Survivor Series. Hopefully it's a great show because it's looking like it's going to be. Uh, until then, folks, that's it for this edition of Grapsity. Thanks for being here. For Philip Lindsay, Righteous Reg, I'm Will. See you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.